More shots. Get more shots. Another booster. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, August 28, 2022. This is your award-winning Give Nation Media Assassination Episode 1481. This is No Agenda. Death-defying and broadcasting live from the heart of the Texas Hill Country, back here in FEMA Region Number 6 in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the cold cars are backing up, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Oh, man, I've had technical difficulties today. Like what? Well, this is really odd. You had the new Rodecaster Pro, took it to Dallas. Um, and I didn't take the, 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 what is the, um, the computer call? The, uh, blue, the B link, the B link. Yeah. I didn't take the B link cause I didn't need it. You know, this is the whole thing. Oh, is the, you heard his feelings. No, the roadcaster pro is fine. You know, it's, it's all self-contained. I just took a laptop, hooked it up. Everything worked great. And it was, in fact, everyone said it sounded exactly the same. It did. So I bring it home and I, and I'm saying my up. voice was a little pitchy. Oh, really? I thought it was a little tinny. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that might have been the Wi-Fi connection. That doesn't help sometimes. Um, sorry, I didn't hear it. Um, so, I, you know, I was like, oh, I'll just set it up this morning. I get set. And I don't know how this happened. But the only other external piece I had was a, a USB dock, you know, an extender dock, uh, which for some reason didn't make it back home with me. I don't understand. And it's not, it's oh, not, you a, lost gear. Yeah. It's not a big problem, except the, you know, I have a wireless keyboard, wireless mouth and mouse. And I also have a wireless mouth and both of the receiver USB plugs were in the dock. Oh no. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like, okay. And you know, luckily I have another wireless mouse, but then keyboard. Oh, yeah. So I have to get, do I have to rip apart boxes in the garage to get a wireless keyboard? Then I find I have a, a Bluetooth keyboard. You know, but you, know, you got to log into Windows. Like, oh, how do I do this? <laughs> so just, I blame, I blame Ben Shapiro. And I'm actually. You know, I've lost gear on the road, too, and it's very annoying. Oh, it's the worst. And, you know, I'm not an idiot. I know how to check the room before I leave. Yeah, but stuff like that is it's it's um it's usually not on the che- on the mental checklist, you know, like something plugged in or a cable and no, oh, I mean I just uh, anyway. Who well, knows? Somebody's been gifted something. <laughs> yeah, they don't have the keyboard or the mouse to go with it, but yeah, they, they got they got something gifted. Hey man, did you see the follow up to that to the Ben Shapiro fracas? Because we we didn't even the, know what the Babylon B story. Oh my! God. No, I hadn't seen the Babylon B. What did they What did they write? Uh, ten uh, ten thousand people dead <laughs> because Ben Shapiro walked through a Whole Foods. Uh, oh like yeah, that. right. <laughs> you saw that. You know, but it was so interesting. After the show, I saw the thousands and thousands of comments. And funny ones too, you know, like show me on the Ben Shapiro doll where you were hurt, you know, where he harmed you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're here at Dallas Medical, we're triaging, we've got thousands coming in, they're stacking up in the hallways. I'm telling you, I mean, it's not as if Ben Shapiro can't get publicity, but this was a gold mine for him. And he played it well, really downplayed it, you know, let let other people do funny reports. It was great. Yeah, it was a gold mine, I agree. And but in a, in an interesting way, it was also kind of like peak woke, or you know like a fiat meltdown, if you will, 
because it was people from all all across the spectrum who were bitching at podcast movement. It wasn't. Yeah, and they should be. Yeah. Everybody should be. So people kind it's, of came it's together. It's shameful what they did. They, they came they, together. They, they look like the weenies of the decade. <laughs> they haven't tweeted since, I might add. <laughs> so pathetic. What would the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group uh, recommend for them, John? What do, you think we, what do you think they should do in this case? Well, in this case, I think they're doing the right thing. Shutting up, just sitting quietly? Yeah, and letting it pass. Yeah, there's a, uh, a saying in the old country. Als je geschoren wordt, moet je stilzitten. Which translates to when you're being shorn as a sheep, you best better sit still. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and this is probably probably wise wise words. So I went because they can't if they come out and try to do something because they can't. You know, if you're that woke that that happened in the first place. You can't undo it with some sort of a, a sincere apology or anything because it makes you look worse. Yeah, you, there's nothing you can do in certain situations that won't make you look worse and just reignite the fire. You know, the thing, let it smolder out and go out completely. You got to just shut up and, and take it like a man. What's oh, like whatever you are, like a he, her, zur, yeah, like a, like an anim, a nur, a ne, a nur, like a nem. Well, what's interesting is that. People, uh, all of a sudden, they're starting to contact uh, the Podcasting 2.0 team. Like, hey, you guys seem to have an escape hatch from all this insanity. So, yeah, welcome to the party. Right on time. I don't know it's not much of an escape hatch. Doesn't everybody already know about it? To no, the point where you've got, like, no. Two, you've got five million podcasts registered. No, no, it's absolutely not widely known. I thought it was totally widely known. Well, it... It's no, I don't think it's widely known that there are so many apps that are now using the index. I, I don't think that's widely known yet. Oh, well, that part maybe not, but I think the podcasters know enough to get on their index. Oh yeah, no, they're all in the index for sure, but they don't they don't really know why. <laughs> I don't think most well, know why. Well, that's always going to be the case. Yeah, I don't know. It seems yeah. like the thing. It's like the lines out in front of the disco. Is this place good? Yeah, look <laughs> yeah. at the line. Hey, hey, I want I want in. Yeah, exactly. So I went from Dallas to Austin and then spoke yesterday at the BitBlock Boom conference. Uh, which sure, is fairly descriptive. It's a, it's a Bitcoin conference, but the fun thing is, and this is why I did it, it's run by Gary Leland. He's the guy that used to own the whole podcast conference. He sold it in 2019. And you will know who he is because he originally is the podcast pickle guy. You don't remember the podcast pickle guy? No, I don't. Man, he was at all the conferences early on. And he was, you know, I, he had people. You have to remember, I have never been to one of these conferences. No, but it, it was all, it was, there were videos of it because he always had guys in big pickle suits walking around <laughs> trying to sign him up to his podcast pickle network. You don't yeah. remember that? It's, no. It's on level Podbean, you know. <laughs> Podbean. <laughs> never See, heard of it. By the way, Podbean are huge. I had no idea. Podbean. Oh yeah, they're huge. They are huge. They were one of the biggest sponsors, which I think they laid down eighty grand to sponsor that conference. Insane. Uh, insane. And what was nice They should be eschewed for for supporting people that that this sort of hateful type operation. Yeah, they may be. They may be. So it was nice because at the Bit Block Boom conference I presented value for value. And the story got kind of tight and, and it worked out pretty well. And people understood it, especially as the new international lifestyle. 
Uh, good to see a whole bunch of uh, no agenda people in the audience yelling out ITM. And right in front of me, there, ITM! Was, there was a dude right, right in front and, uh, and he was wearing a resist. We much t-shirt. Uh, it cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very different. The Bitcoin is a lot more fun, a lot more fun. Meanwhile, uh, turn on the radio. This is all you get, TV, radio, anywhere. Tonight, new Whoa. details from new the details. partially redacted affidavit used to Ooh, authorize yeah. the FBI Wait, search. Actually, of- we, should, we should do it like this. This is better. Tonight, breaking news as we come on the air. In the Ooh, Trump Mar-a-Lago documents investigation, Ooh. U.S. intelligence officials now conducting a risk officials. assessment to evaluate potential harm to national security. The director of national intelligence leading a review of those classified documents mm. recovered from the former president's Florida home. Some of them marked top secret. Officials oh. working to evaluate the potential fallout from improper storage and handling. This a day after the DOJ released that heavily redacted affidavit justifying their search. Former President Trump insisting he did nothing wrong and laying out his case for a special master to oversee the documents. Are they allowed to use the term master? Is that okay? I think they should be called out for it. Yeah, that's very racist. We don't use those words anymore. Master. Nasty. I have a rundown from same, kind of the same, I think a little more detailed. Yeah, this was. Uh, I just wanted that big bombastic opening and the and yeah, the, the bombastic opening <laughs> and the big noise, the big noise, everybody. <sighs> yes, I see nothing on my list for this thing. Even oh, though I, I know I, I have a couple of things. A couple yeah, of things. Play, play another thing. I'll play another thing. Uh, so this is, uh, yeah, no, this is uh, some detail. Not too long. Tonight, new details from the partially redacted affidavit used to authorize the FBI search of former President Donald Trump's Florida home. One of the significant concerns, according to the affidavit, was that no space oh, at Trump's Mar-a-Lago home was authorized for the storage of classified material. Ooh. Investigators using distinctly bureaucratic language said the records were <laughs> unfoldered. What is this distinctly bureaucratic language? Why, why did he even say that? I don't understand. That's, well, now let's stop there. Unfolded, of course, is the word he referred to. Yeah. But... Uh, why did he say why, that? Why, because why diplomatic? Not intelligence or storage. No, diplomatic. Diplomatic is now international, so that might have to, going back to Macron, maybe. Oh, maybe the Macron thing right? has something to do that, with it. That could be it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But his pointing out that this distinctly bureaucratic... What else you do? You could... What, what do you expect from bureaucrats? Yeah, right. Investigators... So, I mean, it's like someone to redundant. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, go distinctly bureaucratic language said the records were unfoldered with and intermixed with other records and otherwise unproperly identified Ooh. now as expected this affidavit uh, was uh, heavily is it is it unproperly okay, okay. or is it improperly yeah that's what the whole idea was oh. he wants to point out their stu- the, the stupidity of using oh, the word unproperly my. oh there it is just and that's not so not being just able to speak points. english not being able to speak english is now diplomatic Language. It's, it's, it's play some uh, some 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 points for that's John Carl. So uh, get some extra brownie points. Oh yeah, there. for covering for covering for that shit. Unbelievable. So whenever someone says something dumb, I'll say, "Oh, you diplomat. You speak like diplomat." 
Investigators using distinctly bureaucratic language said the records were unfoldered with and intermixed with other records and otherwise improperly identified. <laughs> now, as expected, this affidavit was heavily redacted, with just 37 percent of the pages having no redactions. Thirty four percent of the pages were partially redacted, while 29 percent of this affidavit was totally redacted. In other words, completely blacked out. The affidavit argues a search of Mar-a-Lago was necessary due to the highly sensitive material found in boxes recovered by the National Archives back in January. Ah, mm, okay. Did you have anything? Oh, yeah, I, I got my it. clips. Oh, okay. What you got? This is from NPR, so we have a slightly different Oh, approach. please. Yes. And, this and, is you the, won't, and they won't point out the stupidity of <laughs> improperly. They'll, they'll just change the wording and do it for them. Uh, raid affidavit one. A day after the Justice Department released a heavily redacted version of the affidavit used to justify a search of former President Donald Trump's South Florida home, the director of national intelligence says her office will lead an investigation into whether the storage of sensitive documents recovered poses any risk to national security. This after an inquiry from the chairs of the House Intelligence Committee and Oversight and Reform Committee. Representatives Adam Schiff and Carolyn Maloney say they're pleased the assessment will be done and are calling on the intelligence community to move quickly. Nearly half of that affidavit was blacked out. And Pierce Ryan Lucas has more. The department described the affidavit as a roadmap to its investigation, and it said that releasing the affidavit untouched could compromise the very investigation that's underway. And so details about the scope and the direction of the investigation were redacted in the version that was released. So, uh, for example, in a section about the probable cause for believing that classified documents and government records were still at Mar-a-Lago, pretty much the whole section on that was blacked out page after page. Man, for the, uh, does anyone, does anyone give a shit anymore about this? I mean, this is so dumb, so infantile. They, they just, I mean, they could have said any, they could, could be any topic. They're just using that urgency and the big bombastic sounds and the giving so MacGuffin. Us, MacGuffin, yes. They're pointing out, you know, percentages of redaction of, give me a break. You're polluting, you're polluting people's minds see what they say in part two of this report. Meanwhile, Trump wants an independent special master appointed over that search. A federal judge in Florida master. told the Justice Department today to give her more specific information about the classified records that were removed. And Judge Aileen Cannon says it's her preliminary intent to appoint a special master in the case. Again, with the racist master, I don't understand how this is possible. I just don't get it. You know, this is you can't say master bedroom. You can't say uh, master you can't, suite. You can't use master, master slave master. in open source code. But uh, yeah. yet, special master, no problemo. Can't you do master what? switch anymore. I can't believe that some of those Ben Shapiro people that they're not freaking out over this. They really should. So. Yeah, I'm I'm in total agreement with your your thinking here because if you're going to freak out about the use of the word master and all these other situations yeah. that are meaningless, you got to do it. Why do you let this one slide? Why specifically do you let this one slide? Uh, let me think. <clears throat> Orange man bad. That would be it. So I have a no, couple. That can't be. It. I have a, a couple. <laughs> what are you talking about? Orange. I have a couple of uh, related related clips. You know the. There, at one point, there was a theory, and I think it still exists, that uh, there's a mole, a mole in the Trump in the Trump camp. 
And the mole let the feds know that Trump has something. Who? Well, there's always been, I think Trump has been laced with moles ever since uh, 2015. Sure, but the question is, who is the mole? Who's the mole? Well, thank you, James Shatner. I went, I went to uh, Mediate, which is, uh, is, that, is that, that's all a part of the Clinton, isn't that the, what was that mean? Maybe not, I don't know. No, it's no, not, that's, that's a right wing. It's not a spinoff of Media Matters, but no, it's no, no. still a... It's a right-wing thing, actually, I think, isn't it? Media? I, I No, I don't think so. Well, regardless, 355 trackers. <laughs> Just want to point that out. Uh, so they got a hold of Mary Trump, the former, uh, the former president. That nobody who puts her on is possibly a right-winger. <laughs> You're right. And here is her theory. One is, so according to the reporting, there is a Mar-a-Lago mole. Do you have any guesses? Do you have any idea who you who benefits the most by Donald Trump going to prison? There's so many. There are so it's so tough to choose. Um, I wanted to be all of them. <laughs> no, I I think it's so. How can you take this woman seriously? It's so tough to choose. We need to start with who would have access to this stuff. I don't think Mark Meadows would have access to it. No, I don't either. Um, I think oh. we need to look very hard at why Jared got two billion dollars. We needed to look very hard at why he has been so quiet for so many months now. And we need to think about who if it, who could also be implicated in this that would need as big a play as turning Donald in in order to get out of trouble or at least to, to mitigate the trouble they're in. It sounds like somebody in Jared's position. I'm not saying it's Jared, but it could be. <laughs> I don't know. We were going through it. I, we had all these scenarios. What is this $2 billion thing that she references? I don't have any idea. And, and what and, would be the... Yeah, if he got $2 billion, why would he then be the mole? Because they caught him stealing? Or what is this bulk? I just, it's, it's confusing to me. She is... The, I don't know. Well, this is... I'll give you... Uh, worst clip of the year for this clip by the way you're welcome <laughs> she is the worst person ever and she was on some other show recently with erica jong what's her name and and some other bunch of lefties and she was so bad that all the lefties were rolling their eyes they can't uh, even deal with her uh the new york times report on april 10th a saudi sovereign wealth fund led by uh, crown prince mohammed bin salman mbs contributed $2 billion to Kushner's affinity partners over the objections of advisors who warned of Kushner's inexperience and the risk involved. Oh, so the, she's saying, uh, oh, it's a payoff of some sorts. Yes. Which it sure looks like. Well, yeah, <laughs> then again. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? So uh, I mean, We have no idea what's behind that, and where, where, if there's real money or if it's designed for something or... Or if it's or if he's the middleman for a payoff. No, we don't know any. Of course, yeah, we don't know anything. We don't so, know anything. You know, it's a great specu- time to speculate, but it doesn't help. Uh, our current president uh, Biden was out and about and yelling and screaming about stuff and being mumbly, and he said something that again you can say, "Look, the guy's just gone. He has no mental uh, capabilities left. This is a mistake." But when he said it, you know. Yeah, you got to think, is this the truth coming out? Protect voting rights. We'll pass election reform and make no, make sure no one, no one ever has an opportunity to steal an election again. 
again? Ah! <laughs> wow, that's a good one. I missed it. A great clip. <laughs> to steal an election well, again? Well, it's just a. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a grammatical structural issue, and it could have been no one. Want, you know, I think he left a word out. He did something, but you're right. It came out as though the election was stolen, and who would have stolen it? Biden. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, there was, you know, Trump claimed it was stolen, and, and Biden just kind of confirms it. So Biden went on to call Ultra MAGA a bunch of fascists. Um, yeah, and then I guess uh, John Paul. Yes, Pierre. Trudeau or whatever her name is. She, <laughs> Karine uh, Abdul Jean Pierre Van Damme. Yes. She ended up doubling down and she was really into it because she used to be, you have to remember that she used to be on MSNBC a lot. Yeah. And uh, while she was on there, she was just slamming the slamming the magas. And uh, so she felt that she was in her element for a few minutes there in front of the press. <laughs> Did you just say slamming the magas? <laughs> slamming the magas. It sounds kind of cool. I don't know. It's like, it sounds like a. Something you do in a bar. Uh, yeah, so now this was a question from a British journalist, which made it just somehow better, I think. Uh, on this semi-fascism comment, yeah. uh, is this something we're going to hear more of, that phrase? Is this something the president's going to kind of embrace? Or is there any sense that it was, uh, you know, a little impromptu and it's going to turn into a kind of basket of deplorable thing that he regrets and that tries to be quiet about? I, look, I was very clear when, uh, when laying out uh, and defining... Uh, what uh, you know, MAGA Republicans have done, and you look at the definition of fascism, and you think about uh, what they're doing in, in attacking our democracy, what they're doing in taking away uh, our freedoms, uh, taking away, oh, wanting to take freedoms. away our rights, our voting rights. I mean, that is what that is. It is very clear, and that's why he made that um, that uh, that powerful speech uh, that you heard uh, from him last night, and. He has not shied away from saying that. So I, I did look up the definition of fascism. So I can see how in her mind, a political philosophy movement or regime such as that of the fascisti that exalts nation and often race above the individual and that stands for a centralized, this is where it falls apart, autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader severe economic and social regimentation and forcible suppression of opposition. So if I can see how someone who is on the left, or extreme left, yeah, and has the, lost the, the plot. Don't you think the forcible suppression of opposition existed right within her little speech there? Well, that's that's a, that's of course. A of course, but that's not... That's, She's the fascist. Yeah, of course, but that's... Hello, what you say, ben yourself. That's... But I can see how they see it. I see... This clip will exemplify that. And I'm so sad I have not had an opportunity to see the to see the entire episode because based on this, it's going to be a clip fest. Rob Reiner and Amy Klobuchar were on Bill Maher. Did you see this? Not yet. Yeah, me neither. But I do have this one clip where Bill Maher, soon to be jobless Bill Maher, or lifeless Bill Maher, <laughs> brought up the Hunter Biden laptop and the uh, Sam Harris admission where he said, no, 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 you know, we just suppressed that. That's okay. It's okay when you have Trump, that then it's okay to do that. So Bill Maher questions these two over this press doing this. Anything is justified in preventing them from taking office, is it? No, no. You know what's not justified? Using armed violence 
to try to kill people in the Capitol. That's not justified. Answer this question. Huh? Is it, was it, answer this question. Well, it is was the it appropriate? The question is, was, was it appropriate to bury the Hunter Biden? You're talking about the press doing the, that? He's saying that's what they did, and that is what they did. They buried the Hunter Biden story before the election because they were like, we can't risk having the election thrown to Trump. We'll tell them after the election. Well, and, and we know for a fact that that's what they did? Of course. You no, don't but follow I'm this. Saying you you gotta... know for a fact that that's what they did? I don't know what they did. I know, because you only watch MSNBC. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you would know about this. I do know about that. Well, you're acting I do, like you I know. Do, I do know about that, and I do watch Fox. But the point is... Uh, you, uh, we're going to uh, prove uh, uh, now uh, uh, that they, that they uh, that the, the press uh, play, you know, tried to. They're admitting it. They're, the that's press not is admitting it. it. Yes, that's not even an issue anymore. They're saying yes, we basically did this because we didn't want this to throw the election. Yes. I don't know that they've all said this, and I I believe I, I, I believe strongly well, the New York in the Times First definitely did. My dad was a reporter. I believe in it, and <laughs> I think you have to you have to make sure that you're treating people fairly. But I think Rob's point here is that we are dealing um, with a man who used to be the president right now who literally tried to lead an armed insurrection. <laughs> and that's why we're literally. so focused on this right now. And I have not been, as you've noticed, as bombastic. <laughs> Is my friend here um, about, what's the, about what's going to happen? Ah, about what's going to happen coming out of the what we just got out of yeah. what they just got out of Mar-a-Lago? I don't know, and just as I don't know what's going to happen in these cases, I right. believe you got to let the Justice Department do their jobs. Orange man, bad. Love this. You know, she has such a nervous quality to her voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she had, she just sounds like she's shaking. You heard Reiner though; these these people are on not like we didn't know, but he's oh, unhinged. Reiner's always been unhinged. But he he knows that he knows this. But he he I, what I heard him doing there is not like, uh, how am I going to cover this up? I think he was taken aback. Holy shit! Did Bill Maher just put me on the spot like this? That's what I think happened there. And he got mad, and then Bill Maher went, yeah, you only watch MSNBC. Ooh. I wonder if Rob Reiner still has Hollywood juice, man. I don't think so. You don't think he has juice? But as um, Reiner comes from a comedic family, and and Maher is a comedian, and there's something, they're, they're great, I think. I don't think they match. Hmm. I think their personalities conflict. Maybe I could be wrong, but I, I can't see the two of them hanging out. I think the most logical clip from here is your Zuckerberg clip, which I presume is the whole clip that, of him, uh, the important clip we were hearing on of him on Rogan. It's the main one that's been that was clipped from Rogan. Yeah, uh, I think it covers the whole thing. How do you guys handle things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial? Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden. By the way, I think Zuckerberg is a great get for Joe. And he came to the studio, which was also good. And, and did you see how Zuckerberg... Well, what's interesting... Yeah, I agree with you because nobody else brings out Zuckerberg no. and brings him to a, a, a normality. No, he's always in his office or in his house in Hawaii. Well, not only that, but he's <laughs> been he's been interviewed on the road by different people, and there's been a lot of them that have failed because he's a little off putting and he doesn't like uh, 
certain he doesn't like a lot of people I, he's autistic in some funny way but for some reason he felt uh he looked very normal I mean, much more so than when he's in congress yeah the thing that got me was his headphones he had his headphones like on the back of his head Instead of on the, you know, just like, like a man. He, might, he probably, just because he wants to show off his great head of hair. Oh, is that it? Okay. I didn't laugh. short, story. beautiful yeah, short we hair. It. Yeah, I'm roll it back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so you, hey, there like, there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New yeah, York we Post. No, no, no. The reason he did that, he has uh, those pointy alien ears, so he has to kind of move the, the, the cans, otherwise his ears hurt. Yeah. yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us. Basically. Uh, some, some folks on our basically, team. Was like, basically, basically. Hey. Hey, now, this is the part where we're missing a key piece of information that we got when Mark Zuckerberg was in Time Magazine Man of the Year, when Robert Mueller... This is in Time Magazine. Robert Mueller pops his head in the office where Zuckerberg is being interviewed for Time Magazine and says, hey, I was just down in my office uh, down the hall and just wanted to say hi. The FBI didn't just, you know, contact their folks. The FBI is at the desk next to them. Just for context. Basically came to us, uh, some some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was, the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um, uh, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have, um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we, we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. No. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you can oh, still share it. Cool. You can still consume it. Thanks. Can you say the distribution is decreased? And it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It, it, I like how you consume it on Facebook. You, you're a consumer. You consume the information. Basically, the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. A little bit so less. Fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely... By what percentage? I, I don't know off the yeah, top of my head. Fuzzy. But it's, it's, it's meaningful. But I mean, but basically, <laughs> a... Um, a lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously this is a hyper political issue. So depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much. But right. but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as as Twitter. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's a very professional law enforcement. They come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something, then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I, no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was. It basically fit the pattern. A couple of things. One, the pattern, it fit the pattern, that means they might as well have said something about it being specifically that, but they didn't. Right. I have to assume that the FBI also has it has its hooks into uh, Twitter, of course. And Twitter just took the bait and just said, "Okay, we're going to kill the story." That uh, has to be the case. There's no way. Well, around well it. What, what's interesting is you know, 
I don't think Joe asked about Twitter. He asked about Facebook. No, he did at the beginning. No, I mean, no, he never asked about Twitter, but Zuckerberg at the beginning talked about Twitter. No, Zuckerberg talked about it through the whole thing up until the end. He's like, well, Twitter did. So we weren't like Twitter. It wasn't wasn't Twitter. We're not Twitter. Twitter did that. It wasn't that bad. But Mm -hmm. the the FBI, and then he says at the end, he says, they didn't specifically say it was about the laptop, but it fit the pattern. So there was some... There was some yeah, <laughs> probably pre- beat around thing. the bush. And the real pattern was, of course, when the thing rolled out is the 17 agencies and Clapper and everybody <laughs> yeah. in between saying, yeah. oh, yeah, Russia disinformation. It's pattern. so obvious to anyone. It's disinformation from the Russians, which is part of the pattern. The sad so. thing is to people who understand what this means, like, wow, that's pretty brazen. That's how it works. These people can't be trusted. I'm afraid most people are like, well, that makes total sense. Of course we should do that. This is the way it should work. Protect us from Russian disinformation. If someone asked me yeah, yesterday, we're, we're dummies. Someone asked me yesterday at the conference, uh, do you think in, the, in Europe, in the Netherlands, do you think that uh, people eventually, are they getting close to being so fed up that we see a real resistance? I say, <laughs> no. See, the, the Germans invaded him. They capitulated, gave him their bikes within six hours. No, and not in Europe and not in America and nowhere. No one knows hardships. No, they're no. So the same thing. This, you know, Rob Reiner will listen to this and go, well, that's great. Law enforcement doing its job. That's the, that's the sad thing is people don't. Yeah. They've been. Yeah, I agree with that. And there's uh, no evidence that there's any way that this is going to go any further than it would. I mean, it's just go back and forth the way it's going. Uh, we try to deconstruct it and uh, show you what's really happening. But it's, it doesn't mean anything. It just means that there's uh, back and forth. It's like a tennis game. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean there's a revolution coming. And there's no like revolution you've been coming. All your life, you know, and the left is going to be, oh, the revolution is the time for the revolution. Time to resist. Resist. You know, the resistance, in fact, like I still, the thing that's somewhat irksome, like some other things that bother me, is that right after the election of Trump, Hillary Clinton says she's going to do what she can to help him. And the next thing you know on her Twitter feed, it says the resistance. She's not going to help him. She didn't help him. She's a liar. Uh, it was a great, uh, where did I, what happened? I thought I clipped that. Hillary, oh man. Did I not clip that? Hillary Clinton did like some, as, they, as she and Chelsea have a, um, oh, that's odd. I guess I didn't clip. Oh, here it is. Yes. As she and Chelsea have a reality show called uh, Gutsy. It's on Apple Plus because you know it's quality. Apple Plus. <laughs> it's on, hey, Apple Where Plus. Where we bury this thing, Bill? <laughs> Put it on Apple Plus for God's sake. Nobody listens to that. I got to say, I, Apple Plus, you know, I'm usually like, hey, if it's on Apple Plus, then, you know, they, a lot of money went into it probably. So they have this Apple Plus show and then they bring on strong women, gutsy, gutsy, gutsy chicks. And they brought on Kim Kardashian. And you do, now, so they, they do a knowledge quiz and Kim Kardashian kicked Hillary's ass like 11 to 4. And, and this is how it was reported. <laughs> 
In their new Apple TV Plus show, Gutsy, Hillary and Chelsea Clinton found unique ways to shine a light on the important work being done by both celebrities and everyday heroes. The mother-daughter duo opened up about the legal trivia contest with criminal justice reform advocate Kim Kardashian that proved particularly humbling for one of them. Under what circumstances may one use deadly force to defend themselves? Yes. When one is being faced with deadly force themselves or one believes that deadly force is imminent. Was it humbling to lose that contest to her secretary? Oh, it was heartbreaking. Oh, my gosh. But I, I think it's, it's also just easy to work on her reaction time, Sandra. <laughs> it was like sometimes I could see my mom knew what the answer was, but she wouldn't hit the buzzer in time. Well, I was oh, also yeah. really intrigued by how well she did. I wanted to... You know, put the spotlight on her. Not that she needs it, but um, she's working. I wanted to pander to a brown person. It's really hard to get that. I'm saying you let her win. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's more the reaction time. But it was like, it was like I, she would hit. The, I don't think you could really see that because they do like the buzzer sort of soundtrack in the series. But what you don't see is like, you know, Kim would hit it, and then my mom would be like, "Oh wait, no, I would hit it too." <laughs> so she has to work on her reaction time. Yeah, so. yeah, that's who you want for president. Someone who has no response time. Sounds about right. <laughs> Notice also how Chelsea gives it away and says, well, you know, it's just fucking phony buttons. They put the soundtrack in later. Yeah, good work. Couldn't even, couldn't <laughs> even take the, the little effort to rig up the buttons. I mean, buttons. Oh, I, did you, I sent you a picture. Did you see the picture of your buttons? No, I did not see a picture of my buttons. I sent you a picture. Of, you send, how did you send it? Uh, through email. I sent, you never read my emails. I say I do. I, I go the, through them all the time. And, I've gone well, through every email you've ever sent. Bull. And, yeah. uh, and, the, and the subject was buttons. Let me look up buttons. You got a he, him, she, her, they, them, and a blank one you can fill out yourself, which would be yeah, ni, ner, nim. Ni, near nem. Sorry. Got it right. I think they would have, you'd think they would have those already prepared, the ni, ner, nim. No, 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 no. They th- they, right, they, they thought it would be too dangerous because of Ben Shapiro saw well, someone. Well, it's not under the melt. title buttons, so let's start with that <laughs> issue. <laughs> what is it under? I don't know. I looked oh. up buttons, and there's nothing there. No, I mean, what well, we don't Let have to bore everybody with our email. Okay, just keep going. Our email wreckage. Well, I don't know. You want to switch topics? I got a couple things to talk about. Well, you want to talk about uh, people dying? <laughs> if we could do something uplifting. Well, depressing. I don't think that's going to be any fun. Well, it is kind of fun because Mark Stein, who, by the way, this this GB News, that's, that's catching some steam over there in the UK. I thought, you know, I was like, does anyone watch this thing? But even, um, who's the guy? Um, Mark from uh, Clean Feet. I told you I met Mark from Clean Feet. Nice guy, Brit, you know. Um, doesn't understand Texans with their guns, doesn't understand, you know, he also said... I don't said, get they got the guns. Well, also, we got into a nice little conversation. He said, do you know that there's more knife crime in America than in the UK? I'm like, okay, all right, you're probably right, whatever. Um, but, he, but he said, you know, this GB News, it's really, it's really catching... And he's a broadcast guy, so he would know. So it's catching, catching some steam. Mark Stein, maybe one of their lead guys. I don't know. Uh, but he had on... Well, hold on. I don't want to stop you here on this, but I got nothing from you here on the email. <laughs> I got screwball. I got you saying thousands dead. You sent me a forward of correct please 480. You sent me a, a forward of the newsletter suppression alert. You sent me a forward JCD is off in his musky history, which needs to be read. 
Uh, I don't have anything on the buttons. You sent me nothing. Well, let me let me check my scent box. I mean, I'm. Uh, uh, hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe I didn't. This is probably the reason I don't read a lot of your email. Yeah, because I never send them to you. I was like, say, he's, never not, send he's, it. Like, he's not going to read it anyway. Got Why my send name it? spelled wrong. What? Oh, there you go. Okay. Um. No. So Mark Stein had on his show eight-time English. Uh, England soccer team captain. So these are the guys that played the big international games, you know, World Cup, UEFA Cup, all that. Uh, Matt Letissier. And he is very disturbed by what he sees with young athletes in England. You've, uh, you've asked for a proper investigation into what is going on here. Um, I, take it, I take it you just suddenly noticed that there were footballers and boxers and rugby players dying more often than they should be. Uh, very much so, uh, Mark. I've um, been involved in sport all my life. Uh, not only that, um, I, I watch a hell of a lot of sport. It's pretty much the only thing I watch on the television. Um, and I have seen so many people, so many incidents of young, fit, healthy sports people collapsing on their fields of play. And it's, it's just not normal. And yet the media seem to be normalizing it. And nobody seems to be paying any attention whatsoever to this huge rise that has gone on. And for, for the authorities in charge uh, of these sports to not notice it or not to be calling for an investigation, uh, I think is absolutely scandalous. And I have been trying uh, and, and hopefully I'll get uh, a meeting soon. Uh, with the powers that be in football to try and put evidence before them uh, to show them just what is happening because they don't seem to want to uh, investigate it themselves. And, and I think that's criminal. There you go. Is it criminal? Huh? Well, it's just uh, it's because of the diet. Uh, it's because of uh, no, the no, there's No, there's a new one. Warming. No, there's a new one. There's a new one. According to the Daily Mail, who gets this from a study? Oh, I might as well just check out and see which study this was. Let me see. Study is for researchers. Let me see. Who were the researchers? Researchers examined links. No, do they not say? Interesting. Uh, Professor Sir Nilesh of the British Heart Foundation. Ah, yes. Uh, you, you Yes, okay. Uh, he would know. He would know, and he says car fumes from exhaust and hev- <laughs> heavy braking. Heavy braking raise the risk of heart attacks. That's right. Huh. Car fumes and heavy braking. How does the heavy braking tie well, into the- it? The today's brake pads aren't made with asbestos anymore. <laughs> and so the material used is, prior, I guess... Uh, oh, no, wait. Combustion? Flakes. Here it is. Oh, combustion, abrasion from brakes and tires and dust. Oh, tires, this is a big deal now. You're yep. talking about... Yep. By the way, and d- yep. it, which doesn't... Climate there's change some logic. Thing. There's a climate change thing there. There's a logical inconsistency with this tire complaining. But tires, you know, slough off as they go drive. You drive around, and they the slough, tire, pieces off. of rubber come off. Slough? Yeah, it's like sloughing off. Never heard of that slough. Yeah, but the tires last a lot longer. So I don't get how these tires are are basically falling. You know, just just d- dissolving as they're as you're driving around into little bits of of rubber, and which is flying all over the place. And the tires are lasting longer. It's just something about it doesn't make sense, but. Well, this issue. does make sense to me because I recall there was an article I'm looking up right now 
um, about tires. Yes, here we go. The Atlantic. Car tires are a major pollution problem. Uh, environmental impact of a car tire. Tire makers tackling climate change with eco-friendly tires. So here's how here's how I would do it. Here's how I would do it. Here we go. Um, climate change because of the tires is killing people. So stop driving people. Wooden yeah, tires. There's, that, there's an element of stop driving. That's true. No, it's all. <laughs> then there's a German study that finds that the COVID vaccine is forty times deadlier than we think. Than we think. I don't know who it is. If it's him or we, but that's bad. We. And CBS, well, they have uh, some answers to this. There's a new chart making the rounds on social media, and it's easy to misinterpret what it's telling you. It appears to say most people dying of COVID-19 lately are actually fully vaccinated. CBS 17 digital reporter Jody McCrary is fact-checking it. Now, what this chart shows is deaths in vaccinated people now outnumber those among the unvaccinated. But an expert tells me it leaves out a very important detail, how old those people are. Look closer at this chart you may have seen online. At some point after February, weekly deaths in vaccinated people surpassed those who didn't get a vaccine. That's the black line moving over the blue one. But UNC doctor David Weber says what it's missing is age. Most of the cases we're seeing now of deaths, or many of them, are in older people, much like we saw two years ago. The majority of older people, in particular because of their risks for COVID, are vaccinated. So it's not surprising if the majority of people are vaccinated, even if the vaccines are working, the majority of deaths will be in people who are vaccinated. That's why the chart from the State Department of Health and Human Services includes a key phrase, age-adjusted. The real question is not what percentage of deaths or hospitalization are in vaccinated or in unvaccinated. It's by age, what's the risk of death in vaccinated versus unvaccinated uh, individuals? And because we know immunity fades over time, it also <laughs> highlights how important boosters are, including the ones coming soon that talk Target the Omicron variant. Omicron. So that's Clearly. really the question that you need to ask. Yes, sir. How do they turn this report into get another I know, shot? I know, it's beautiful. It's so skillful. Boosters are, including the ones coming soon that target the Omicron variants. So that's yeah. really the question that you need to ask is vaccinated versus unvaccinated, what age group, and then did you have two, three, or four doses? And in my story online, find out why Dr. Weber compares those COVID deaths to car wrecks. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, booby. You, you know, he's got it on the money, booby. So Jeez. I guess uh, if you're old, you're going to die. It and happens. They, and they don't care. Well, no. you know, these, these, I mean, the vaccine clearly is killing older people. So they you, didn't give enough shots is the problem. <laughs> yes, they need another shot. Uh. So in Australia, there's an in, interesting little speech here by a barrister. Uh, and I am funny enough. I got, I was just, I just asked my friend Mark from clean feed. What is the difference between a solicitor and a barrister? And I still don't really understand, but a solicitor is like your lawyer and a barrister. That's like someone who can do special things and bring cases. And I don't know, can probably, uh, you know, have tea with the queen. So it's not just some schlub lawyer. The barrister has some power. He's up a notch. He's up a notch. And this is Julian Gillespie. And he is 
giving his opinion in uh, I don't know which parliament he's giving or or hearing he's giving his his opinion of the legal and perhaps tort responsibility of doctors and lawmakers. That would be the people he's speaking to, which is kind of funny when you see their faces. Due to the scale of the rollout, it now appears tens of thousands of practitioners have repeatedly performed medical treatments, properly termed gross medical and or professional negligence. With respect to patients receiving the COVID-19 injectables, where each practitioner has no immunity from government whatsoever. So these practitioners are therefore personally and professionally liable to actions for medical negligence from their patients receiving COVID-19 injectables, particularly those patients who subsequently died or suffered adverse side effects from the COVID-19 injectables. Additionally, due to the illegal nature of the AFRA and National Board's joint statement, it does also appear that the public officers of APRA and the National Board's responsible for the creation and publication of the 9 March 2021 statement are now legally exposed to the action of misfeasance in public office. As the harm to COVID-19 as the harm to COVID-19 vaccine victims was foreseeable in terms of these still remaining experimental gene-based therapies, these vaccine victims and future victims who later develop vaccine-related injuries and illnesses can sue the public offices of APRA and the national boards in their personal capacity. A further liability in the same public offices appears available to those registered practitioners who improperly administered the COVID-19 injectables in breach of their codes of conduct. Should those health practitioners subsequently be sued by their patients and they have to pay damages to their patients, then those health practitioners may in turn be able to sue the public offices of APRA and the national boards for coercing and threatening them to ignore their codes of conduct. Such a legal action, again, would be the tort of misfeasance in public office. We'll see. I'll give you a clip of the day for that one. Oh, thank you. Well, appreciate it. Clip of the day. And they're that's, all... That, that's the same case. This is the same thing's going to happen here. I think so. And a lot of these doctors should be ashamed of themselves for doing what they did. And, and especially the ones who came on TV and keep... We got a guy here, some guy, Wang or Wong, whatever his name is. <laughs> some character comes in from UCSF and he's on CBS or our local's affiliate mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. He's on all the stations and he's just, yeah, more shots, get more shots, another booster. You know, that's all he talks about. Get that guy, get booster, booster, booster. And yeah, this guy should be, uh, he's just, I don't know. I think he should be liable. Um, and also in Canada, where you have the situation where the doctors can't even say anything. They can't even express an opinion about, well, I don't know if this shot's right for you. Right. Lock them no, up. No. Lock them up. And the fact that they could go after, in this case, I think it was the equivalent of maybe the CDC, NIH, that could go after people personally, hold them personally liable, which, of course, is why Fauci is disappearing now. The great walk back is on. <laughs> Here is CDC Director Walensky. Just listen to this horse crap. Director, do you think the lockdowns went too far? You know, um, many of those lockdowns predated me at the CDC. Uh Here is what I can tell you since my time at the CDC and watching it even. Why didn't she just answer that question? 
Oh, that predates me. Uh, just so you know, I had nothing to do with that. I'm not going to answer any questions. DC. Here is what yeah. I can tell you since my time at the CDC and watching it even beforehand. And that is there were important decisions that we had to make in imperfect time with imperfect data. And we always updated those decisions as those data were evolving. As we got more data, we had more information by which we could make better decisions. So I don't necessarily want to revisit um, the, the question of lockdowns that predated me. But what I will say is we have updated our guidance in the context of new information, and sometimes we have to make a decision before we have all the information that we want. And I've said to our agency, not making a decision is a decision in and of itself. So, so she doesn't want to say anything about lockdown, but this question will come up for her because they're going to try it again, no doubt. And uh, uh, what else did she have? Oh, yeah. This, wasn't the science? Follow the science? The science, science, science. Don't attack me. I represent science. Yeah, but the data changed. Everything I heard was the data shows us. Remember the first data, three million dead. That was the first data came out of England, three million dead. These people, it's, yeah. I, again, I, I don't know if, are we just whistling in the wind, John? Are we just out there? <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Now there's a couple. You haven't figured that out. <laughs> Mike Tyson. Have you seen Mike Tyson recently? No. Why? He's in a wheelchair. He, he He's grown a beard. He, he, he walks with a cane. He looks like an old man. And, you know, he, he is on, I think I saw a video where he says, well, I was basically beaten into submission to get the vaccine because, you know, without me, no one earns any money. So I really didn't want to do it, but I did it. And now you see the guy, he, I mean, he physically looks like he, he aged 20 years. Really? Yeah, just look, just look, uh, just look at the book of well, knowledge. Well, suppressing this information. Consult the book of knowledge. Just take a look. Just do a, a search for um, buttons. Tyson. Tyson wheelchair. Tell me what you think he looks like. Okay. It looks like, I mean, maybe I'm missing some, maybe I'm missing some information, but I'm not sure exactly what, I think it was, what was his uh, problem? He had, uh, uh, let me see, Mike Tyson. Wheelchair. You see him? You see him in the wheelchair? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to blow up a couple. Yeah. Here he, uh, let's see. Uh, Mike Tyson spot in wheelchair, Miami picks go viral. There you go. Yeah, viral, viral. Oh, uh, he says it's a sciatica flare-up, which is uh, can be very painful. That's why. Who was it again that kept saying he had sciatica? Who was just clearly was it uh, Nadler? Yeah, Jerry Nadler. Oh, I fall down all the time because I have sciatica. But look at Tyson, man. He looks old. Look at that face. I hope you all are playing along. If you have a podcasting 2.0 app, you can see it right now. Dreb Scott put that image right there in the chapter so you can see it. Doesn't look good, does he? No, he doesn't look good. No. But uh, Who knows? He's still buffed. Um, uh, oh, yes. Uh, Djokovic is being talked about because he is not coming to the U.S. Open because the United yeah, this States... This is ridiculous, by the way. It, it, yes, hello, I've been saying this. I cannot get Kevin over because he's unvaccinated. He couldn't come over with Christina because of this stupid law. And I hear people, and this is what pisses me off. Like, I, I was driving home or wherever I was. And I, yeah, maybe it was Friday. I heard it on The Five. Like, well, this should just make an exception. No! This whole thing should be gone. 
Don't make an exception. Exactly. That, that pisses me off. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. No country. We're one of the few countries left that has this stupid requirement. And especially since it makes no legal sense with the CDC saying vaccinated and unvaccinated will not be treated differently. But no, if you want to come to the United States and you're not a citizen or a resident, you're not allowed. If you're unvaccinated, you're not allowed. A-holes. Yeah, it's really bad policy. Uh, All right. Well, there's a couple more things. Oh, yeah, the lawsuit. I think, uh, uh, like like we knew this wasn't coming. I'll say, I think you have a clip or two about this. Oh, this is an overview. Tonight, Moderna suing vaccine giant Pfizer and BioNTech, accusing its rival of violating patents on groundbreaking mRNA technology used in its COVID shots. The biotech startup saying, we believe that Pfizer and BioNTech unlawfully copied Moderna's inventions and they have continued to use them without permission. Pfizer says it was surprised by the lawsuit, adding its own vaccine was based on BioNTech's proprietary mRNA technology. We remain confident in our intellectual property supporting the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine and will vigorously defend against the allegations of the lawsuit. Some are arguing at least in an emergency situation, we need to at least temporarily waive patent rights to get more shots in arms. But Moderna is not demanding any halt in the sales of Pfizer vaccines. Last year, Moderna and Pfizer reported $54 billion in COVID vaccine sales combined. Pfizer selling twice what Moderna did, the highest one-year total for a pharmaceutical product in history. And the stakes are high. mRNA technology is being used to develop drugs for everything from HIV to autoimmune and cardiovascular diseases Woo-hoo! to cancer. Yeah, all right. It's going to be great. mRNA fest. So there's a couple I, of things. You know, what? Uh, this, when this first ha- happened, when the first vaccines came out, and I knew Moderna had the patent on the idea of, mm-hmm. a, of a workable mRNA, which has never been... St- you can't really get a workable mRNA it's, if you go through the normal process still, of animal they still, testing because they all die. They still don't have a workable mRNA. <laughs> it's true. They still don't have still one. Don't but, have but one. assuming that they had, they thought they had one here, it was obvious to everybody that Pfizer-BioNTech had to have taken the same idea and just uh, you know tweaked it. It has to be a patent violation. Hold on a second. It how, had to be. How about this idea? Pfizer, <laughs> how about Pfizer puts up kind of a a weak fight just before we find out how lethal this is to certain people or age groups. And then, well, hey, Moderna's patent. <laughs> how about that one? <laughs> would that work? Would that be possible? It would work. I think it might work if, if but, that, but since Moderna triggered this, they'd be asking for trouble. Well, uh, well, they're dumb. I mean, this is what's beautiful. Well, are, well so, how come they didn't sue right away? Why did it take this long? That's the question I have to ask. Well, the what they said was they didn't want to have any patent fight while the pandemic oh, was still okay. raging. Oh, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, okay, we'll okay. just take half your profits. Yeah, kind of that. So idea. meanwhile, in California, at least, I don't know if you've got these out there, we've got community ads. Finally, it's like the only... FDA approved vaccine yeah, ads, and they're but, advertising on television. Now. But, Have you seen these? N- no, but can you, can you still, can you actually get it or is it just an ad? Well, it's an interesting ad and I'm going to have to record it for the next show. If oh, I can remember. I thought, I, I thought someone sent me that. If, if you got it, you can dig it up and play it. But the couple of things, one is community. It's not 
Pfizer, and it's and, and they say specifically Pfizer BioNTech. They're bringing them in, so it's, it's possible. And it's only for the teens. It's a twelve. To, it's like a like a eight to sixteen or something. Like it's for kids. It's a kids vaccine. They don't advertise it for adults. Wow. And they they're, they're pushing kids because they got to get the kids shot up. And then they play all the side effects at the end. And it's just like God. Who's going to take this? It does this? It does that? It does this? It does that? Causes this? It causes that? Uh, so they it's honest. Um, I know I have this, but I don't know exactly. Is it how do you spell Comnardi? Comnardi or Comnirardi? It's a C O M I. Uh huh. N C O M I. I'll just C O M I. Let's see how I do with that. Oh man, someone's you know, but someone said to me, didn't put in commercial. I know it's like, hey, here's a great ad, and you know, try and search on ad. That's always fun. Oh, good. Uh, here I'll, I'll try this. Um, maybe you'll get lucky. It's worth it because it's, I, I was for sure. I, somehow I thought that you would have that one. I don't know. My mistake. Uh, yes. Okay. So I would like, well, to, actually, I was pretty sure I was going to have it too, but I didn't. I, what I would like to know is, is that actually what they're giving or is, is it still the same stuff? I mean, it's the same stuff I, in the bottle. False advertising. It has to be the real deal and it's only as targeted. So they don't have a lot of it. <laughs> And it's for kids. Hey, kids. Just for kids. Now with Lucky Charms. Nice. Just one more big pharma. I've been on the story, so I'm just going to play a little bit of this, uh, of this clip just to show you how corrupt, how corrupt all these people are. Uh, this is Bloomberg, and they're doing a story about this fabulous bill that has now enabled uh, uh, Americans to get hearing aids for almost free. Uh, almost free. Your favorite topic. I hate it so much. So just to review quickly, real hearing aids are incredibly expensive because of a relatively small market for very powerful miniaturized uh, audio computing devices. Um, nothing has changed in this bill other than people who make much less sophisticated systems who are already selling them over the counter for $500 or $300 and you stick them in your ear and you connect it to your phone and it goes beep, 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 and then all of a sudden your hearing is better. Um, they are now be, they are allow, allowed to be called hearing aids. So people, consumers, thank you Elizabeth Warren, think that they're buying hearing aids but they're really buying some shit from Silicon Valley and this is how Bloomberg and uh, uh, the medical community and doctors are complicit in this Everyone, the doctor in this certainly knows he's full of shit. He's lying. But we've got something else that has the uh, uh, yeah, could be affecting a lot of Americans yeah. very soon, Paul. Yeah, I wasn't even kind of had this on my radar until a couple of days ago. But you know, the FDA is coming out and saying uh, hearing aids can be sold over the counter, and mm-hmm. that is just fantastic. I think for a lot of people, let's bring in an expert who can help us out here. An expert. Out here, Dr. Frank Lynn. Director of the Cochlear Center for Hearing at the Johns Hopkins Public School of Public Health. He joins us on the phone. Yeah, please note, this is from Johns Hopkins. From Baltimore, and we should note that the Bloomberg School of Public Health is supported by Michael R. Bloomberg, founder of Bloomberg LP. Oh, that's great. So it's Bloomberg with a Bloomberg-sponsored hospital, a school. Oh, it's fantastic. What could possibly be corrupt about this? And Bloomberg Philanthropies. Dr. Lynn, I mean... To me, this sounds like a big deal because there are a lot of folks out there that can really benefit from hearing aids. But is this going to make it significantly easier and hopefully lower the cost for hearing aids for these folks? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely, Paul. Absolutely. I mean, this has yeah, been yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, eight yeah, years yeah. in the planning. I know it just came out a few days ago, but it's been eight years in the planning. Uh, I mean, there are 40 million Americans with hearing loss. I mean, eight years in the planning. What the hell? What is he talking about? Eight years in the planning. What is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just. Okay. Bring each for these folks. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Paul. I mean, oh, yeah, this has yeah, been, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, eight years in the planning. I know just came out a few days ago, but eight years in the planning. Uh, I mean, there are 40 million Americans with hearing loss. I mean, to put that in perspective, that basically means, oh, yeah. I mean, two-thirds, everyone over 70 what? has a hearing Couldn't loss. Hear and yet, you know, as we uh, work in the <laughs> National Academies a few years ago, the average cost of a pair of hearing aids just a few years ago was, you know, $4,700. $4,700, yes, that was the average cost of hearing aids. Which, I mean, put that in perspective, that basically means it could be the third largest material purchase in life for the average average American after a house and a car, which is uh, wow. just a bit crazy. Wow. That's perspective. <laughs> that is perspective. And having oh helped my, my dad many years ago um, get one, they are expensive. It was cumbersome. And I, I have to say, sometimes I think the design could be a lot easier, especially for older people who are trying to kind of manage on their own. To- oh, don't worry. Here comes Silicon Valley to the rescue with lies. Tell us a little bit about this move, what does it mean for the companies that might get involved in offering it out to consumers and patients uh, who need it? Yeah, so, you know, one of the reasons why they're, they, they were or they still are so expensive is because of, you know, how they're regulated. So the, the current, or I say now, the past FDA regulations for hearing aids were established oh, back in 1977. And back then, they basically said hearing aids could only be sold through a licensed provider, like an ENT or an audiologist or a hearing instrument specialist. And listen, that made sense back then because the only way for hearing aids to be safe and effective was they really had to be, you know, properly programmed by someone back then. They're all analog devices. Oh, okay. Wait, is there some magic that's taken place? You know, fast forward 45 years later, not the case anymore. So what the FDA is doing now is essentially, I would say, really opening up the market. Sort of that classic example of smart regulation here, where smart. in the past, because hearing is going to be sold through license providers, you had five manufacturers around the world, really dominated by 99, 99% of the world's marketplace, because new companies, let's say like a, you know, tongue-in-cheek and Apple or Samsung, couldn't really enter the hearing aid market because they couldn't sell directly to consumers. With these new regulations, that's what's going to finally allow that to happen. So any company meeting the criteria can sell and reach directly to consumers, which you can imagine will, we think, pretty dramatically lower costs and really increase access. And more importantly, companies will be designing devices for the end user mind, like the actual person using it, as opposed to being sold to a licensed professional to then resell to the consumer, which can sort of pervert how devices are designed sometimes. Okay. It's a perversion, the other stuff, what you're I, talking about. It's just the, the only thing I will say, as a sound guy, it, is not, it has not been demonstrated to me that there's any hearing aid worth its salt. I've tried several that you can stick in your ears, connect to your phone with an app, and then it magically PPP peeps, and you touch some stuff, and oh, yeah, uh, and then all of a sudden you hear perfectly. No, you need a professional for that. Maybe there's an aftermarket here for me. Hey, did you just get some of those cool Silicon Valley hearing aids and it works for shit? I'll help you set them up. <laughs> it's just it's just maddening. It's so corrupt. It's they're so full of it. Lie lies. All right. Take me somewhere else. This is your uh well, let's go. Let's go to the moon. Oh yeah. Artemis, baby. Artemis. Where are we going? What are we doing? Who's on Let me let me well, ask. Let's... Are we gonna fry? Are we gonna fry? So we're going to uh, talk talk about what's going on currently, but I'm I was watching the NASA station. Yeah, there's a NASA NASA TV network mm-hmm. that doesn't seem to be 
easy to find, but they have it in the Bay Area over the air. So it's an OTA station. <laughs> and, and if you can get something cool, OTH, you feel great about yourself, don't you? OTA going OTA. OTA, so, uh, so I got a, I watched the briefing the, uh, of the whole project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's nothing to record. It would be impossible. But I'm going to explain it after, I ex- after we play these, these uh, Artemis clips. I have to say, they have come up with the most convoluted way of going to the moon ever. <laughs> But but they're going to launch a couple of dummies. Wait a minute. It, it, anything's more convoluted than that tin can they sent up the no. first time. You have no idea. <laughs> and it's, I don't think anybody has any idea. But when you watch this presentation, it's like, what? <laughs> so let's play what's going on now. This is Artemis. Uh, first, this is the first launch. It's coming up, I think, later this month or sometime no, soon. No, tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow, if everything's okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, uh-huh. But let's just listen uh-huh. to this. And they don't mention in this report that they're just sending up two dummies. Yes. Literally, and, dummies. And a Snoopy. Not dumb people, but dummies. And a Snoopy doll. Yeah, of course. Well, here Check we go. Uh, some lightning hitting one of the lightning towers at the Artemis One launch pad in Cape Canaveral. That's all I got there on that clip. Uh, there was some reason I, I stopped that clip. Let's listen. The again. lightning let's, hitting the let's listen, launch let's pad. Let's listen in again. NASA says, "Oops, sorry." Check this out: some lightning hitting one of the lightning towers at the Artemis One launch pad in Cape Canaveral. Lightning hitting okay. one of the lightning oh, towers no. is what he said. Okay, here's what I. I when did it be go back to? Cape, I know it did. Oh, Cape Canaveral. But I was thinking about it. Why isn't it? Why, why did they stop being Cape Kennedy? Oh, we've we've asked this question before. I know it was Cape, first. It was Canaveral, then it was Kennedy, and then they went back to Canaveral. And I can never remember why. What was wrong with Cape Kennedy? What was wrong with that? He's the one who started the whole thing, the moon idea, wasn't it? But why, be, oh, why isn't it Cape Kennedy? Anymore? Why wasn't it? Wasn't it because uh, you know that Kennedy uh, nephew killed some some girl? No. <laughs> okay, no. Are you sure? Well, here's the answer. I will consult the book of knowledge for you. Um, Cape Kennedy. Uh, the Cape was known as Cape Kennedy between '63 and '73. President Lyndon Johnson. Oh, oh. So he he changed from Canaveral to Kennedy. Okay, but then who's changed it back? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, the book of uh, knowledge is not helpful. Could... It's not helpful. Sorry. Okay. Well, whatever. Oh, anyways, it's Cape Canaveral. Let's go with part two. NASA says the strikes were low magnitude. Pretty good to me. We're less than 48 hours from a historic moon launch, five decades after NASA's last trip to the moon. Isabel Rosales has a preview of the preparations. We do feel good about our attempt on, on Monday. The countdown has officially started for the launch of the Artemis One mission to its historic lunar journey from Kennedy Space Center in Florida. The mission will test a new space launch system rocket, Orion spacecraft, and other components designed to make deep space travel safer for humans. Fifty years after the last Apollo huh. mission, the Artemis One mission is the first step in NASA's plan to return humans to the moon. Uh, we're going back to the moon in preparation to go to Mars. That's the difference. Uh, Fifty years ago, we went to the moon for a day, uh, a few hours, three days max. Now we're going back to the moon to stay, to live, to learn, 
to build. As the launch teams arrived at their stations at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida this morning, all eyes on any potential mishaps. Our potential outcomes on on Monday are that we could go within the window or we could scrub for any number of reasons. We could have weather, we could have technical issues, or we could have a range and public safety um, uh, hold and uh, or a combination of any of those. Okay, I have, a, I have an answer. There was major consternation over the change from the entire geographic area to Cape Kennedy in 63 because of the historical significance of the name Cape Canaveral. Finally, in a compromise in 1973, the name Cape Canaveral was given back to the land while Kennedy Space Center remained as NASA's facility. So it's supposed to be the Kennedy Space Center at Cape Canaveral. Got it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I thought the space travel was safe. Why, why they, are they worried about this? I thought it was no problem blasting through the Van Allen belts in a tin can. I thought it was no problem. Don't understand. Well, they're sending the dummies up. So let's go to clip three. And then we'll get if it all goes according to plan, the spacecraft will orbit around the moon, traveling a total of 1.3 million miles over just 42 days before splashing down off the coast of California in October. For now, Artemis 1 is one step closer to the moon. Its first launch window is Monday between 8.33 oh, yeah. and 10.33 a.m. Eastern. Okay. Okay. So what they're going to do... <laughs> If you look at the, watch the presentation, is first of all, this is unbelievable, by the way. This is exciting. First of all, they're going to put a space station in orbit around the moon and let it, it's going to be there around the moon in some crazy orbit, but it's going to be around the moon. It's going to sit there. Then they're going to load Can it I, up. Hold on. What do you mean crazy orbit? Why is it a crazy it's orbit? Not, it's, some, it's not a normal orbit. It's something, it's not just around the moon spinning around like a maniac. Okay. Uh, but it's not important. <laughs> oh. Th- then they're going to take and send some gear to the space station, which will include the lunar lander and a launch vehicle to get them off the moon. Ah, I Actually, see. get them on to land on, on the moon, the and, moon. Then the, and, yeah, and then the little piece of it will fly back to the space station where it will hook up with a return vehicle to go back to Earth. Mm. So they won't. that won't go back. It's going to be hooked up with something else. So and Isn't that I, kind of may ex- be some. It's kind of what they did the last time. Only that the the no, they didn't. The last time they had a vehicle that had the, the lunar lander on it, right, and they, it was it, and they just it was floating them. around. It's, yes, in a yeah, circle, yeah. and then it went down. But that whole thing came back. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're going to leave something there. More, they're more leaving junk. this up there for because this is going to be a kicking point to go to Mars too. This the space station they're setting up. It's got docking stations on it mm-hmm. for multiple things. Ooh. Like it looks like two or three of these docking stations from the looks of it. And then in the meantime, after sending those two missions out to load this thing up with it, with an actual lunar device, they're going to send a bunch of gear to the moon and land it there where the, where the, where the whole experiments, where the whole visit's going to take place. So they're going to send down a rover and, and a couple of other pieces of gear to the moon. This is another trip. Another whole different mm. trip. Boom, mm. there it goes. Mm-hmm. And then we have the launch of the people. Oh, yes. I would think there'd be some people in this space station. Women, women, see. women, women. And, uh, and BIPOC. Birthing people and BIPOC. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, 
So they're going to be in this, and this thing is this missile that they're going to use is going to be a little bigger than Saturn V, which is cool uh, in and of itself. It's going to have the two side burners on it and the solid fuel boosters. And it's going to have a encapsulated top that is going to be a, that's going to be loaded with uh, I wouldn't say explosives, but but a, another <laughs> rocket engine. <laughs> yeah, they another to, rocket yeah, engine. So it's, if the it's, thing, it's like the model rockets where then it blows back and the parachute comes out. It's so if this so if the thing blows up the whole thing they can fly off. Oh, escape hatch, escape hatch. It's an escape. It's it's built in (laughs) escape module built into the top. So then, so then if this thing goes as planned, this missile is going to take off and the little missile is going to, the the little habitat for the little funny looking habitats for the space, for the moonwalkers. It's it's going to fly. Exit strategy pod. It's going to fly into the uh, f- and find these this space station, which has already been sit sitting there flying around in a crazy orbit. Uh, yeah, and it's going to hook to it, and mm. then they're going to get out of that and get into the other vehicle. Talk about you know points of you know this this kind of like <laughs> points of failure. <laughs> Where could it go wrong? <laughs> multiple points of failure. So this, they're going to this this scenario belongs on Apple Plus. I, I'm telling you, this is what I'm watching. This thing going, what? This is too complicated. All right, I'm gonna so get- they're gonna lock into the into the space station that's up there, and then they're gonna get out and get into this other vehicle, which is the one that's gonna go to the moon, right. and it's a two parter, and so it's gonna go land on the moon, and then once they get there, and then they get all this other gear that's already sitting there waiting for them, so they don't have to carry anything, and so they're gonna go and then drive around on the space rover and do whatever they do get back into the module but in this case the module breaks in two and the top part of it takes off and leaving the the lander behind and then it goes up and then redocks with the space station and where they get into i i don't know what they do after that but i guess i either switch back over i don't think they take that vehicle the moon lander back to earth i think they take they, they jump in their old thing the old junker and then that goes back uh, it's so complicated as you watch this. I'm, I'm sure I got some of the details wrong, but I'm watching this shaking my head going, this is going to take 10 years to, to just accomplish. May I um, give you some news from the future? <laughs> 1963, we changed Cape Canaveral to Cape Kennedy. 1973, we changed it back to Cape Canaveral. Ladies and gentlemen, after the Artemis One disaster of 2023, the government has now decided to change the name of Cape Canaveral to Cape Cadaver. Cape Cadaver. <laughs> yeah. Please. So, yeah. So it's, it's a convoluted scheme, but the, the idea is to get this space station up there floating around. And, and I guess they'll re-equip it with a Mars lander. And so the Mars mission is going to be launched from there or maybe from the moon itself. I don't think it's going to be from the moon. It's going to be from this, this space station. And, and so and they're going to use that as the, as the go-to place. Now, so, so, okay, so just so I understand, the reason why we've never been back to the moon is because the Atlas rocket, the system that we had, was so powerful. Saturn V. Saturn V, so amazed balls. Yet somehow we we don't have the technology. We, we don't can't we can't afford it. Uh, we lost it. We destroyed it. I've heard every version of it. Chopped it up. Uh, is this Artemis? Does it have the same thrust? More. Th- it has more thrust. 
than a Saturn V. Really? That's what they said. Yeah. Wow. So does it cost more than the original uh, Saturn V? Well, I hope so. <laughs> and and how does this make uh, Americans feel better who uh, can't heat their homes or uh, or drive their cars due to uh, the financial situation and the energy cost? And we're blowing this shit just in the air. <laughs> I don't know. Is this supposed to lift our spirits? Oh, well, yeah, it's America. Gonna taste so convoluted. It's not like it's not like spiking the football. That's for sure. It's nothing <laughs> no. you can just do. I know. It's just like it's like America. Who cares? We 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 want to go through this rigmarole to get to the moon this time with the thing and the spaceship and the different yeah, change it change it from one taxi to another. Oh yeah, it's, the tractors. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, did you have a final so that's clip? Of my that, understanding though? it would. So it's a little bit. It's elaborate, let's put it that way. And it's got to cost a mint because of all these extra steps. It's not like you're just jumping in a rocket and going to the moon. Oh, man. I can't wait to see this video. I, I want it. I just can't wait. I can't wait to see what they've done this time. And I want to, you know, we had some, and I think they have admitted this. We've had some major solar activity recently. Uh, oh, the, yeah. The, it just it screws up. Washington State gets hit hard and it, Screws up the cell towers. Cell towers, radio transmission, sometimes transformers catch fire. Uh, the yeah. Russians couldn't do their spacewalk or the space station. You know, their suits right. were malfunctioning. Had to drag them back. And so when they say, you know, we have to make sure that we can get people to the moon safely. I, we, we, I don't know, man. I'm just saying. I don't know. It's very... I'm old enough to to remember being... Awoken by my parents at four or five years of age. Look at this. Okay. I want to sleep. They're on the moon, son. Isn't it great? Yeah, I bought into it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought it was fun. But this, this approach they're taking, which again, I think has to do with they really want to send somebody to Mars. Uh, Elon Musk, he wants to go. Well, the question is, uh, is NASA sending to Mars or is Elon sending? Who's who's doing the Mars? Because this is not SpaceX. This is NASA. Yeah, it's right. NASA. So, but is NASA going to send people? Are they in competition with Well, I with, think if they got Elon? the same kind of a, you know, uh, if, they, if he, they release the specifics, the, uh, the schematics of the locking device that hooks to this space station anyone can hook onto it i think and you know spend a little time there and then go off <laughs> so to someplace else so technically artemis puts the, the docking station in place and then elon goes right after it and just uh it becomes a squatter <laughs> <laughs> I, you know i think it's probably possible why not <laughs> With that, I'd like to thank you for your courage. Say in the morning to you, the man who put the sea in Cape Canaveral. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to my friend on the other end, Mr. John C. Dvorak. Yeah, in the morning to you, Mr. Adam Curry. In the morning, all ships to see boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. In the morning to the trolls over there in the troll room. Uh, let's, see, let's see how many trolls we got here today. It's very, you know, I'm, you know how when you have a different keyboard, you can't quite find the keys? I'm, I'm experiencing this right now. Sometimes a little different. Joke all right, hey, trolls, let's see. How many do we have in there? Oh, uh-oh, what happened there? 1093 this is like it's like trolls died on a sunday it should be 21 2200 what happened oh that no 20 what 24 did i read it wrong okay hold on a second 
Oh, I'm sorry. 2,450. That's a good number. That's a great number. Scared me from it. Now, before we move on, um, tell me a little bit about your experience with the newsletter because you sent out another. Turns out to be a normal, it was a normal send. It did, this is one anomaly, which I didn't get a bunch of, a bunch of kickbacks because the numbers are almost identical. And we had lousy response. It was just a lousy week that nobody donate. I mean, a few people donate. Well, no, well, hold on a do. second. You, 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 you sent a second letter that it looked like there was some, uh, well, suppression. I'll tell you what I saw here. I always get a auto replies when I send them newsletter out. Right. I usually get about six of them. Auto reply, auto reply. You're not in the office. I'm not the weekend. I'll read it on Monday. So these auto replies come in. The only one came in. So I figured, oh, this is no good. This must not be hitting anything. But the uh-huh. overall numbers are almost identical to a normal send. Huh. It was, but the, I don't know. You this don't is know? A bit, I don't know. Because um, I thought, because I, um, I have one subscription through Gmail, and, I, and that didn't, I don't think that showed up for me. So I was wondering if there was something real. I don't know. It was weird, but it's always fun to see everyone immediately like, oh, let's go try and find the newsletter. That's all. It's so, so incredibly appreciated. Uh, so, Trolls, glad you're here. Thank you. Um, and uh, turn your auto replies back on. You know, this apparently is our sophisticated way of knowing if we're being, uh, if we're being suppressed or not. <laughs> Actually, so. there's also some graphs I use. In fact, yeah, we, sh- we should have certain people who, you know, around the I world. I already do that. That's already done. But are they aware of your tracking technology? There are a number of people that I've assigned, as it were. Right. Well, so uh, they failed. Feedback. They have to send back whether they get in primary. So did, uh, did they fall down on the job? I'm just trying to. No, they were all there. But that, that doesn't, that's not immediate. That comes in. They're not like, I don't call them and say, hey, you got your bail yet? No, they, they get it when they get it. And then they tell, they feedback what, did they get it in the primary box or most promotions, the Gmail in Canada always goes into promotions. I got you. 90% of the time. No, I got you. Gmail in the United States is spotty, yes and no. Most of the, if, you, if you've been getting it consistently, you always get it. And right. they say, I don't get what you're bitching about. You know, <laughs> Gmail has been all 100%. I've never missed a newsletter. And then you get Proton Mail, which is a spotty. Again, it's another one. It's yeah. sometimes you, people, I've never had a problem. And other people say, I didn't get the newsletter at all. <laughs> So, I, you know, I also didn't subscribe new, to it. By the way, it's a, a funny thing. So I'm writing for the deck professional back in the 80s. Now, deck is the old mainframe computer. It's a mini computer, a mini computer. Sorry. Yes. Digital Equipment Corporation. What was the OS for that? Uh, it was uh, uh, ver- ver- variations of uh, Unix. Huh. And um, so. I believe. What would you write? I don't want to get called out like I got called by the historian that no, wrote I'm, I'm, and I'm bitching just, about I'm my... Just, I'm just curious what you would write about for Deck Magazine. Vax. Was it oh, Vax? Oh, I did trends. Vax. Trends. Vax. Vax. Was it Vax? No, no. I, no, I was writing... The, this is the era where they had those, they had microcomputers that they brought out. Okay. They had the Rainbow, if you remember that, and a no. bunch of other ones. No, I wish. That's it, a little before my time. Anyway, so the rain, yeah, it was interesting because I've run into, I had, in fact, I got to meet Marshall Brickman, the co-author of a lot of Woody Allen, early Woody Allen movies because he had a deck rainbow. So I went to his apartment in New York and, you know. And what did he do with it? What did he do with his deck rainbow? He used it to write scripts. <laughs> it's not, not at all overkill. <laughs> no, 
Oh, okay. Oh, it was easier it. than you. You can edit faster on a computer. Oh yeah, it looks basically computer. like a like an old, uh, like a IBM, like an early IBM uh, DOS machine. Yeah, it was a good machine. Huh. Uh, the rainbow. So, oh, how cute. So I wrote one column once. Yeah, rainbow. It's pretty popular today. Yeah. I wrote one column once, <laughs> complaining bitterly about this is a, when the internet, uh, our, when the email systems are all internet based. I mean, they're all, uh, sorry, not internet, but uh, yeah, kind of, they're government. They're a government. And I bitched about, you know, this system doesn't work. It's no good. And holy mackerel, did I get nothing but hate mail. <laughs> I'll bet. I was complaining back then, so I'm still complaining. And I see no evidence that things have improved, to be honest about it. I don't but see, okay, I, I was see, wrong. I don't see any networking on this thing. On the on rainbow. What thing? On the rainbow. I don't oh, see- no, there was no networking back in the day. Oh, <laughs> there was no networking when I was a kid. No. You had a floppy. All, uh, and you liked net. it. You had a floppy, and that was big, and you put stuff on there, and you liked it. Yep. Cool. Anyway, why do you bring that up? To bitch about email. Ah, okay. To show that I have a long history of complaining. Ah, and oh, yeah. You didn't know that by now. You haven't been paying attention. Yeah, but I never call you out on it. Uh, so, trolls, <laughs> thank you very much for being here. You can also uh, join us over at noagendasocial.com. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, I've got to talk to uh, Aaron or see if he uh, can make a link available so we can sign up a, a couple hundred people, get something going. Uh, follow John C. Dvorak at noagendasocial.com uh, or Adam at noagendasocial.com. And thank you to Capitalist Agenda for bringing us the artwork for episode 1480. We titled that The Internet of Dogs. It's an interesting piece. You know, it was, uh, it was Joe handing out cash. Uh, you particularly like the three-dimensionality of it, kind of the big hand with the cash. By the way, I noticed the bill number, it's a, hundred, a roll of $100 bills, is AC33000, yeah, and the JCD is cute. And Joe has a beer hat on with value-for-value value juice, I guess, <laughs> whatever that was. Um, and maybe it was because the, we had other choices. I like the gummy blades that Tontanil did. The windmill with the gummy blades. You went, eh. Um, you, we, uh, interesting was Nico Syme, Syme. Is that kind of a new guy on the, on the block? Who has these almost like cartoon dot mate, almost a Lichtenstein-esque. How about that? <coughs> wow. That's good. Is it Lichtenstein-esque? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. And, and the reason and he did it uh, using AI, which is these, now these generators can do this art. And uh, I the guess qu- yeah, the in. question is, do we do we want to even risk AI taking over the artist competition? Well, they did, he, he did had a shot and didn't get anything. No, because he, the one is where a guy is about to eat a huge cricket, which is just disgusting. And the other one a, was a, a, dude, a, a grasshopper. And the one is a dude eating a grasshopper. Yeah. That's not cool, so I, man. So, he, so whatever, whatever uh, systems he's using, he put in... Farmer with a hat, probably put that in there, and then he said, cricket or grasshopper, smiling, eating something. I don't know, and then the the thing cranks out a piece of work. But it's, you know, it's, uh, I think it's, if it's it's competitive, it's competitive. I don't care if it's from AI. Uh, My son is into this stuff. He's got a bunch of AI programs. Oh, this is a big thing now, where you just type in two words. You say, like, you know, John... Uh, as a dog, 
and then it spits out, a, you know, something of you looking like a dog. Or a thou- it could spit out a lot of pieces and you pick one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so not you have to have some judgment involved, so it's not yeah. just, you know. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. I, I'm not going to discourage it. I'd like to see if anything comes through that can actually win. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, what else do we have? We had a lot of uh, podcast movement, artwork, buttons. A lot of people did buttons with pronouns, which is like, eh, you know. I, th- I don't need to make fun of the, the pronouns themselves. People do whatever they want, but the fact that, and you know, a lot of Wokorama, stuff like that, 100% fire, <laughs> fire. Oh, man. <laughs> you like you know, that one. No, you, th- you, you think that you are the only person who sent me this. One time for the one time. <laughs> I got 20 copies people sent this to me. I can't believe you put it in as an ISO. This has to be used very sparingly. I'm not, I've, I'm not going to allow abuse. It. I'm not going to allow abuse. Of this. I, I, yeah, I have used it in today's show, oh, but no. I'm never going to use it again. No, you, you, you haven't you heard shouldn't. it yet because no. you just haven't run into it. No, but. and 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 you shouldn't because you know this actually this air horn comes standard with I think almost every podcast device. Is it on yours? Yes, it comes standard. Well, they, they give you a whole bunch of standard sounds. Yeah, which way? Play it. One time for the one time. Fire. Fire. <laughs> Fire. Well, that's not very creative. You're just pushing a button that was provided by to them. Yeah, but it's like everybody uses this. <laughs> never heard it before. Well, you've never been to podcast movement. Yeah, that's for sure. Kind of cool to see the Atlantic uh, No Agenda record label podcast for sale. Curry and divorce. I have not. Yeah, that heard, was cute. I have not heard back. By the way, from of course the, not from the podcast broker. <laughs> podcast broker. I can't. What if you know? She says, "Well, you know, we think we can sell it for five million dollars." Uh, went real quiet over on that side (laughs) no i just don't think that's what is i think it's worth more they're gonna have to come up with some better numbers than that they want then we just sell it and walk away do we give all the donors no they would have to they have to have us on a contract so we make some pretty decent money well no 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 no. she says i because it's very clear you give everything the websites your jingles okay well we can do that all the but and then you just give it to somebody else the email list you got to give that up you got to get hey here's the hard drive with 80,000 clips we have enjoy here's how you do it enjoy here's the b link here's the roadcaster pro (laughs) yeah you'd have to give that up No, man. I like, well, I don't think I like people should job. be too concerned. No. <laughs> but by the way, that is not the way you do buyouts, and you're not supposed to know, do it that way. I know. I know. They're doing it wrong. No, the way you do it, it's for people out there that don't know, mm-hmm. and it's probably everybody knows, is you, you buy the company out, you fold them in, and then you keep the, the hosts for yeah. a limited period of time so they just don't go out and recreate their old company because yeah. that's what happens yeah, won't let okay we take no agenda okay we've got the blow agenda comes out the next week <laughs> and the blow agenda show is now is now sorry yes sorry. got all the same guys in the same everything we just maybe dream blow, some new clips blow agenda <laughs> really <laughs> no we we can probably get yo agenda hey we could we could sell no agenda, agenda and get the yo agenda guys to host it now there now that's a package we can package them with it with the whole deal it's gonna be great yeah, they don't want to it's do it anymore. Blow agenda. 
All right. So uh, thank you very much to... Uh, this was two in a row, actually, for... Uh, uh, for capitalist, capitalist agenda. agenda, will he make the hat trick? Well, you can find oh, out if you're listening live. If you're very in the troll- rare nowadays for the hat trick. If you're in, uh, at trollroom.io, you can uh, go to No Agenda Art Generator and just uh, refresh and see what happens. If uh, you don't have one, get a modern podcast app. Find it at newpodcastapps.com. All of the artwork comes by there. You've got uh, live notifications when the show goes live, um, and there's a cool one to try out on the. Uh, it's a web app. So it works equally well on your phone as well as the desktop, and that's CurioCaster. Give that one a shot. It also has all of the live stuff and transcripts and all the cool 2.0 stuff all the kids are talking about, or not. Uh, and now, let us thank some of our executive and associate executive producers in our value for value system, which is not just a way to fund the show, it's a content programming format. Now, of course, it works best when we have the actual note from our top donor. I do have it. You have Eric Curtis, who comes in with $1,000 from Detroit, Michigan, and we are happy to... Uh, is, he, maybe, is he a knight? Insta knight? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, he is. Oh, and you have to take your pen out, because he's got information. New, new, shit, information new shit has, has come, come to, to light. light. Okay, great. I got my pen out. ITM. It came in this email. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, I'm going to mention this because I like to complain, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sent a note in, but it says knighthood note. N- n- never using the word donation in oh, the subject line, making yeah, it difficult yeah. to find. He was but excited. Looked, he was excited. He's being a knight. And he uh, just he wasn't was paying sm- attention. Small oversight. I ITM. What do I need to do here? <laughs> I have passed $1,000 in donation. In donations, I'm attaching pictures of email. I was told to do this in the troll. <laughs> in the troll Somebody room. In the troll room, told him to take pictures of every donation or no, whatever. No, yeah, so he sent a bunch of useless images in. Uh, he says, "I was told to do this in the troll room, but they are trolls." <laughs> you nasty ass trolls! I can't, the trolls trolled one of their own. What are the chances? I would like to be knighted, Sir Goat of the Hill. Sir Goat of the Hill. Alrighty. And claim Deep East Texas. Okay. You don't really get it. You, you, you don't get the claim yet. It doesn't get the claim yet, does he? But he can hope hope to get it someday. Uh, sir, I will be... Uh, hold on, hold on. What birthday. was it again, sir? What? Sir Goat of, of the Hill. Of the Hill. Okay. Got it. How stupid is this? What? In order to use the escape key on this keyboard, I have to have to hit function E. What? Yes, function E, and then the escape key. No. Yes. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> yes. It's What's a, the brand? What's the brand? Uh, it's a it's, dude. It's one of these foldable Bluetooth keyboards from Amazon oh, for it's eight a piece bucks. Of shit. It's a piece Never of crap. Mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like that, you don't get stuff. But like only that the best the for the best podcast in the universe. Now he's got a birthday. Ah, there we go. Okay, I'm you ready. Got to put him on the list. Yeah, I'll be 49 uh, on the 13th of September. I guess he doesn't say. He just says the 13th. Okay. I will. Yeah, it has to be because he says I will be a knight for my birthday. I'd like some Gosling's Black Seal Rum at the round table. How old will he be on the 13th? 49. Okay. 
Oh, man. Okay, what does he want for the roundtable? I, I mean, I got my pen, but I just can't go that fast. Yes, for the roundtable once again? Gosling's Black Seal Rum. Okay. And he's got a jingle. And he asks, do I get a jingle? If I get a jingle, he wants Manning Burning Buttholes. Uh, but that one's been outlawed. I don't remember it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it has been. Well, we have well, we, we have an ISO. Otherwise, you're going to have a flame coming out of your butthole. Preach up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You won't be able to sit down. <laughs> That's the one. Anything else? Yep. Goat karma. Okay. There we go. Thank you very much, man. Congratulations. You've got... We will see you at the round table. Eric Curtis. Uh, you're not? No. Yeah. Oh, I'll do this one. Sir Henry of Flower Field. This was a very nice uh, note that he sent in because he sent in a physical note. And I saw yeah. this. <laughs> it's, very, it's a very good note. Uh, $365 from Austin, Texas. Thank you very much. And uh, he has a typewritten note to the No Agenda show, and it's signed Sir Henry of Flowerfield, and right in the middle of this big page, it says, this note intentionally left blank. <laughs> double karma. Is, yeah, is that what it qualifies as, a double karma, even though he, he, you know, okay. I think so. Okay, all right, double karma it is. Here you go. You've got karma. So one of the, one of the producers sends me a note saying you're an idiot. No, that's nice. He says, Don't you get the joke that Sir Anonymous did with his last short note? No. That one thirty second note is a short note. Okay. The big giant musical note in the middle oh, of the page. Oh, it's a short note. No, we don't get that because we're podcasters damn it we're not musicians (laughs) yeah you idiot you stupid idiot oh wow rough okay yeah thank you but yeah yeah it was funny uh and okay baron surfer in orlando orlando florida comes in with 340 bucks and he sent a note a handwritten note you can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, ITM, John and Adam, you guys are great comedians. Thank you for your comedy. <laughs> Jingo <Woo-hoo>. request. <laughs> One, Obama, you might die. Two, Rubbleizer. Three, the drone, I guess the drone taken off. Yep, got it. And then two to the head. Plus, karma for John and Adam. Love is lit and all that shit. Baronet <laughs> Surfer Orlando. You, you, you might die. India, hang out. sequence Stephen Govero is from Missouri Oxvas Oxvasi sounds like something I plug into my stereo system hey give me that Oxvasi cord over there 333.33 one of our favorite numbers for executive producers and uh, you will get that credit today Stephen in honor of turning the magic 33 this eternally jobless millennial who finally has a job would like some exit strategy karma and also some PC building karma. Is he going to build a, his own PC? 
Well, that's interesting. Well, it's doable. Yeah, it's very doable. Um, it's been a month and I just need a graphics card that works. FFS. <laughs> okay, we'll give you some special millennial karma then. No problem. You've got karma. <laughs> yeah, it was hard to hold on to all this time. <laughs> really? <laughs> Bruno Baudry in Mascucci, uh, Quebec, Canada. I don't know how you pronounce it. Quebec. I'm th- no, Mascucci. <laughs> Duh. Mascucci, Mascucci. Mascucci. And it can't be that's too Italian. It's got to be something Frenchy. Mascucci. No. Mascu- it probably is Mascucci. Mascucci. Uh, 333.33. WTC733 is a magic number. 6969, dude. And R2D2 Karma. Thanks to all the producers. I am Canadian. I'm Canadian. And I moved to Florida five months Five months to the day uh, ago to escape the communist dictatorship. All this thanks to my smoking hot wife, Lucia. Eight years, and we've never had a fight, eh? Bruno. WTC7 won't go away. That's the magic number. Sixty-nine! Sixty-nine, dudes! You've got... Karma. Onward to Dame Sarah. Sarah Gonzalez from Houston, Texas. Taylor, Texans, 333.33. This donation is in honor of the upcoming 44th birthday of the smoking love of my life, Rolando Gonzalez, one of our best end-of-show mixers. Very consistent. Lovely family. I've met them all. He is the best husband and father to our two human resources, who are very cute, Maya and Alice, that I could ever imagine. He has put up with the heat and the humidity of the Bayou City, that's Houston, and with me for almost 20 years now, and we never, oh, and we can tell you, Texas has definitely always been this hot and flooded. His hitting me in the mouth several years ago has changed our lives significantly for the better, so thank you to the two of you for all you do to keep us sane and awaken a woke world. Also, shout out to everyone who came to the Houston meetup this weekend, which was a blast. Thanks to Sir Quigley, the cantankerous, for organizing, and I hope to find, I hope to attend many more. Happy to say that there was not a bug burger in sight. Thank you for your courage, uh, Dame Sarah. Thank you, Dame Sarah, and uh, of course, your lovely husband Rolando is on the list. Sorry, I was just getting an email for one of the notes that came in uh, coming up. Uh, You're at okay, uh, where, Avery, where Allen. Are we? Avery Allen. Allen. Okay. Hello, gentlemen. Writes Avery Allen. Miss Avery Allen in Trenton, New Jersey, 333.00. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for your valuable services. I've been a douchebag for a while, and I and for that, I apologize. Looking forward to... Well, then... You, okay, here he comes. Looking forward to becoming a knight soon. Please give me a de-douche. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Then we have Hirko Groenewegen from Utrecht. I do have his note. Uh, oh, okay. Well, and I did it forward up. it, but I guess it got lost somewhere. Uh, Hirko says, Hi, guys. With 28th of August marking my 52nd trip around the sun on a show day, it's a great time to donate. A nice dollop of karma will do for jingles. Also, an early birthday shout-out to my fellow Virgo, Adam. Oh, thank you. Coming up uh, next week. 
Uh, may many donations brighten your path. Cheers, Sir Heiko, Knight of the Papal Fiefdom of Utrecht. You've got some karma there. You've got karma. When's your birthday? What day? September 3rd. September 3rd? Yeah. Is that a show day by any chance? I don't even know. If it's I'm looking right now. Is it a show day? I don't know. It's not, I'm not really like super excited because I'm turning 58. It's Saturday. I'm turning 58. So what? No, it's easy for you to say. It is. It's very easy for me to say. My daughter I just turned say... 30. My daughter just turned 32. You can't even say that. 32 is the magic number. <laughs> but you don't have any kids 32. Eric doesn't count in this case. Makes you feel yeah, old, Eric. man. Hey! <laughs> let's go on with Surrounded by Idiots. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm sorry. Forsyth, Missouri, 211. 12, 2 11 and 12 cents. Uh, another Dixon Ducks palindrome for you toward my beautiful wife's damehood. We are almost there. Please credit this to Temi Collins. She's oh, the, okay, this is a switcheroo. Let's make, it, let's make that a switcheroo. switcheroo. She's the best wife a guy could want. She's my keeper. Real quick, I'm disappointed that Dixon Ducks donation hasn't taken off. <laughs> It's Dicks and Ducks. Dicks in Ducks. Hello, Dicks in Ducks. <laughs> Fuck a duck. Get it? That's yeah. clever. Yeah. Anyway, I could never match the value for value I received from the show, but I'm damn sure trying. I was wondering if you guys think I could change my night name before attending a meetup. Would it be rude introducing myself as surrounded by idiots? <laughs> Or could I just add present company excluded? Would that be okay? I love the boots on the ground report from Adam at the podcast, whatever it was in Dallas. It was very entertaining. You guys add more value to my life than I'm adding to yours, I promise. (laughs) But keep up the good work. It's much appreciated. Build a better man trap and, and the rats will beat a path to your door. Uh, Love a slit and all that shit. Love you, mean it. For jingles, I want a noodle gun and a yak karma. I'm Surround- in the face with my noodle gun, you racist piece of shit. Crazy. I got to my pasta Glock you locked and loaded. Karma. Entertaining note. Tammy will be credited. Uh, then we have three in a row of which I have no email. I, If you have one, let me know. How do you get three? I see Sean Stedman. Oh, I'm sorry. Two in a row. Sean Stedman from Lake Placid, Florida. Any email from Sean? No, but he gave $202.02, so I'm sure there's some note. Um, So I guess that's a, a double karma then, since we don't have a note. That's how it works. You've got... And the same can be said for Kenneth Martin, uh, also associate executive producer with $200 from Thornton, Colorado, and uh, uh, also no note. You've got karma. And that actually does it. Easy does it. Very easy does it. Thank you to these executive and associate executive producers of the No Agenda Show, episode 1481. In case you didn't know it, these credits are real. They're recognized by industry. Proof? Go to imdb.com. Go ahead, take a look, and just search for No Agenda, and you'll see many uh, Hollywood bigwigs and insiders who share these credits with you. 
So if anyone ever questioned this, excuse me, have you seen these people who have the same credit? I worked on that, on that, uh, I worked on that project with them. Is that, how would you say that? I worked on that uh, project. I worked on that production. Can you say production? Financed. Fi- I, no, no. I financed. That's what you, I financed that, okay? That, if you want to sound cool, you say financed instead of financed. Regardless, you can also just tout it everywhere, put it in your LinkedIn profile, put it in your Twitter profile, and of course, if you have one, in your No Agenda social profile. Thank you so much for supporting the No Agenda show. We appreciate it. I would look forward to thanking the rest of our producers in the second half. Dvorak.org slash N-A. As always, time, talent, treasure is appreciated for the best podcast in the universe. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Oh, I've got it. I want to get these teachers' clips out of the way. Oh, the ever everlasting John can't believe people are retarded segments. Okay, let's do it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So I have, first of all, we have a couple of, uh, this is a man on the street report with some teachers, new teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, It's not as bad as the UCLA students, but it's pretty bad. And it's a short clip. These are two teachers that have been confronted by a man on the street reporter. So I was a seventh grade civics uh, teacher, government teacher, and she is an elementary school teacher. What year did we get our independence? (laughs) Seventeen something. I actually don't (laughs) teach what's in our curriculum. I'm teaching children social studies that's not in our curriculum, teaching them things about how to be an anti-racist. I taught them about protesting. I taught them about Black Lives Matter. Wow, wait a minute. So, was it there was man on the street from what? Just a TikTok video, or is this a mainstream? Yeah, it was a TikTok, I believe. But, you know, this woman, she doesn't care when the country is formed. She's going to teach them about protesting. Okay, that's going to be a great teacher to have kids. Sounds like a winner. And here's another one. Now, this is a, just a little snippet of a teacher who is discussing uh, how important it is to be like that last teacher. And she doesn't look anything like the typical teachers I moan and groan about, the ones that are, are freaky looking, mm-hmm. uh, that are non-binary. This is just a very normal looking kind of a stern Berkeley type girl mm-hmm. and this is what this is what's coming out of teachers college as far as i can tell i see teaching as a very political act when we are engaging with our students whether it's on social justice issues or multicultural issues or culturally relevant teaching i see that as foundational to all learning remove immediate report to the school board immediately have her removed this is not no. what you're supposed to be social teaching. justice is the foundation of all teaching Oh, so, you know, My two mistake. plus two is social justice. Two plus two is vote Democrat. Vote Democrat. Huh. Now, back oh. to a longer clip, which is more interesting. This is Paul Giroux. Why do I and know Paul this name? Gir- Why do I know this Yeah, name? you should know this. This is the guy that's created these teachers. Oh, right, 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 right. He's foundational in, in, in uh, leftist politics. He's the guy who brought in the thinking of a Brazilian Marxist. Uh, who is obscure, and I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's an obscure Brazilian Marxist has been brought into the fore by this Giroux guy. Mm-hmm. And he's been going from school to school, and he's got a great pitch. It's to promote socialism, a.k.a. communism, as best he can. And this is a, one of his little spiels, but I have to say, 
this guy is, a, he has a voice that is so well known to me because he sounds exactly like a typical, probably West LA uh, atheist Jew <laughs> that would be teaching at Cal. He's just, they all sound like this guy and they're all communists. And here he goes. Teachers, particularly educators. We have seen in the last two years, educators mobilizing and sometimes against their own conservative unions, which I think is fabulous, against gun violence, uh, against a whole range of issues, being dehumanized, being de-skilled, being attacked. Librarians are starting to mobilize. They have to create a national movement, first of all, that basically is on the side of what I call direct justice. And what I mean by direct justice is direct action. We have got to shut these institutions down. I don't mean we need to go to vote. That's fine. We need to take over school boards. You need to do everything you can to make these school boards democratic. That's okay. But we need a policy of direct action. And this is nonviolent. I'm not calling for violence. I'm calling for direct action. Occupy banks. Occupy schools. Occupy the institutions that stop everyday life. And use that pedagogically to educate people and to make clear that people are oppressed, being exploited. And the world is coming to an end. I'm sorry. The planet is in danger. This is not an abstract issue anymore. If we have 10 years to be able to endure this without food wars, water wars, the entire militarization of the planet, we'll be lucky. So time is running out. Lastly, it seems to me these social movements have got to come together and they've got to come together under the fear of fascism and the promise of a socialist democracy. We've got to stop running away from this word socialism. This is insane. We want socialism. We don't want anybody to be poor. We don't believe that education should not be free. We don't believe that equality doesn't matter. We don't believe that rich people should, five people should organize and have more wealth than half the planet. Sorry. No, why should we be apologetic? Capitalism is a death march. Oh, that's kind of interesting because one of the, some, who was it, uh, someone who won in New York, one of AOC's buddies, and she had a, a like a victory, a little victory party in a, in a club, and, uh, and this lady's like, socialism wins! So, you know, Trump, fascist, socialism wins, is exactly what he said. Yeah. Hmm. But this is the thinking as fast talking, mm-hmm. kind of the opposite of Ben Shapiro. <laughs> and uh, there was a, a doppelganger. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, socialism, socialism, it's, it's the way to go. Well, let's check in on socialism for a moment, shall we? Let's see how that's going in Los Angeles, according to CNN. In Los Angeles County, more than 60,000 people are homeless on the average night. And... More than 20,000 hotel rooms lie empty on the average night. See where this might be going? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's insane. Um, it, it isn't going to solve the problem. We think this is one part of the solution. By no means do we think this solves the homelessness crisis. But do hotels have a role to play? Of course they do. So the union he leads, which reps hotel workers, gathered enough signatures and Angelinos will vote on a bill that would force every hotel in town to report vacancies at 2 p.m. every day, then welcome homeless people into those vacant rooms. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Socialism wins. It wins. Can you imagine? I mean, this is already, this already happened during the, if you remember, during COVID, during the lockdown. It, it, some of the, right there in um, Union Square hotels had home, uh, were, were being, no, the words, it was homeless and uh, front, uh, front uh, first line responders, and there were a combination of the two. 
This is yeah. this is crazy. You know, yeah. in in the Netherlands, they're doing this now too, with the um, with the uh, asylum seekers, as they call them. They're getting hotels, and now now what they've come up with, uh, we cannot uh, deny undocumented children schooling. And you know what they're calling them in Holland? These Dutch children who are uh, these. I'm sorry, these asylum seeker children who want to attend Dutch school. You know what they're calling them? Dreamers. Wow! Literally, the English word "dreamers." It's a global. It's a global uh, program. We thought it was just us. <laughs> no, 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 no. Dreamers. Well, while we're talking about socialism, then let's go with this from stealing clips. Oh yeah, we love stealing. This is a local report this stealing in San Francisco. From car break-ins to shoplifting, much has been said about property crime in San Francisco. And for one set of victims, theft doesn't just come with a cost, it's making it hard for the victims to work. KPXI's Wilson Walker introduces us to one contractor whose latest job is tracking down his stolen tools. Remodel, total interior addition, front and back. From full remodels in the Oakland Hills. So this is all a new addition on the back here. To foundation replacements in San Francisco. One section at a time so the house doesn't fall down. Dan McCann is a city native who built his contracting business from scratch, now employing teams of workers on various sites. And for all of the complexities that come with running jobs around the Bay, his work in San Francisco has presented one particular challenge. We usually bring the tools home. The one day we left everything here, maybe somebody was staking us out and uh, broke the lock off, let themselves in. Three jackhammers, concrete saw, a bunch of smaller items came out to about $14,000 worth of equipment. No ladders on it, no pipe racks. (laughs) Plumber Tony Campos is another victim, even though he tries to keep his van as inconspicuous as possible. Had a couple jobs like Dan's where we've had all our equipment, all our plumbing gear, all our tools stolen. I've had, uh, had one of my cars broken into in my garage, everything taken from that. This is the third time I've been hit pretty big. And the third time convinced Dan to take on another job, tracking down his stolen property. And he says it wasn't that hard to find. A resale website and a seller who may not be the thief, but has thousands of items for sale. And of course, this brings the question to the fore. Mm-hmm. Where's the police? <laughs> well, this is interesting that you bring this up. Uh, I had a conversation with Tina yesterday. She was in Austin and she parked, uh, she was a nail salon. So it's, it's one of these kind of neighborhoods in Austin. And you, you can't park there unless you have a resident parking sticker, which is intended because the residents can't find any parking because all the tourists and the Californians, they come in and they park there. So, um, and, and when we were in Austin, you just, you wouldn't park there if you didn't have a resident sticker. So she was very worried that she's, oh man, this is residents only. But then she thought to herself, what am I kidding? They completely defunded the Austin police. No one's going to tow my car. To which I said, that's how it starts. Before you know it, you're going to be stealing Gucci bags. <laughs> <laughs> Smash and grab by the keeper. But seriously, on every scale, it works. She had she had a, a lawless. She, she's lawless. The keeper is lawless. 
And that's what, exactly when there's no cops because they've all been defunded. They don't want they don't want to be around anything. They don't want to do anything. And we understand why. So, no, yeah, they, I the understand their mentality. It's the cop thinking to himself, why should I do all this work? Nobody else is doing anything. Not going to, and my department will back me up if anything happens. Yeah, they're going to, yeah, no, you know, the, I'm the, not gonna. the actual citizens start to attack me. Yeah, yeah it's no good. No, it's bad. Okay, it's well, bad. let's go to part two of the stealing, where again, we find the lack of police effort being at the front of this, of the line here. Go. Yeah, so this is the guy who tried to sell me my stuff back. You can see here, 2,600 items sold on OfferUp. I met up with him. Zeroing in on a saw he recognized, he set up a parking lot meeting in which he confronted the seller. They demanded proof of a serial number, which Dan produced the following day. Gave him the serial number the next day. He told me I made a fake receipt and he wouldn't meet up with me told me to call the cops and have them come deal with it. Cops want me to find him again before they'll do anything about it. So that was kind of frustrating. Police say they cannot comment as they now have several ongoing investigations into the fencing of stolen property, but they do encourage everyone to record serial numbers and put distinct markings on your tools. This is a common and costly problem. And not only in in money and what what those tools cost us, but in time. Missing a day of work or missing a couple days of work because we have no tools. Big problem for most of my workers. Not one to quit on a job. Dan now has a private investigator working to build a case that he hopes to pass on to police. It is a mission born out of frustration. These burglaries are devastating contractors like myself. Uh, these criminals have made a business off of stealing the livelihood of honest people. Hopefully, hopefully we can start catching these guys. Yeah, move out of California. Move out. Well, San Francisco and specifically L.A. I think are the two. Well, this is not well, happening. Uh, you as know, you know that San, you know San Francisco has a new program to uh, stop people from leaving San Francisco. Well, I have a clip. I have a clip too. Is it the same clip? Um, no, I, unless you got it from KPIX local station. Uh, I got it from a local station here. Yeah, I was out there just yesterday. Here, here's my clip. Tell me if this is the one you have. I, I have a two-part ago. Yeah. Message is intended to be dark. The Texas miracle died in Uvalde. The billboard showing a man in a hoodie also comes with a warning to anyone who stops to look. Don't move to Texas. Get to look at it often. Um, I don't think it's in particularly good taste. The billboard is meant to highlight the lax gun laws in Texas following one of the deadliest school shootings in Uvalde on May 24th, where 19 students and two teachers were killed. Yeah, I don't. I didn't didn't realize this was two separate tracks and it's kind of annoying but there's a big, yeah there's a big, I, I got it just played mine there's oh, that, you, oh you have this no you have a better one okay what what is oh, it? a lot better and what this is, is a it? two-parter california texas dispute california oh yeah we sh- i never should have played mine sorry meanwhile this billboard in san francisco's summer neighborhood go. is turning heads warns people not to move to texas after that tragedy there's also a billboard like it in la and we LA. sent reed cowan to look into who's behind that message 
photo shock. I mean, I'm just walking down the street and I was like, wow, I've got to take a picture. My family has to see this. Sophia Roan is a Texas teacher. <laughs> just met here in May. And your newest Bye. California resident out for a Soma summer walk. I stopped and took a picture because it was Texas. I'm from Austin. The oh, billboard that co- excuse me. This person not from Texas. This person from Austin is different. I took a picture because it was Texas. I'm from Austin. The billboard that caught her eye tells Californians to not move to the Lone Star State. So far, it's a mystery who paid for the billboard or why it's up. But the message looms large on a day when the Uvalde school shooting massacre makes national news once again. You know, you have to be strong in your messaging. I mean, this is so important. I mean, these are kids. These are elementary school kids. Good afternoon, sir. Jamal Abraham works at the lube oil and filter just across from the billboard. And his customers are asking, Who did it? How long has this been up? And um, I'm curious to know as well. The Texas miracle died in Uvalde. And it says, don't move to Texas. Don't move to Texas. They're a pretty bold statement, you know. Don't move to Texas. Okay, so that's very mysterious. No, we don't know who, who did it. Yeah, they, they actually tried to find out. Let's go to part two. KPIX5 reached out to the sign company whose name is associated with the billboard to see who paid for it and why. No response. So, absent an explanation, those who walk below the message are left to wonder about the sign and the solutions to gun violence. It's guns. Guns are a major problem in Texas. Yeah, that's where the blame is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not a problem in California. Only, only in Texas. Not a problem in New York. Only in Texas. I declare war in California now. Okay. Hereby done. I declare war. Well, here's the stuff you should be bitching about. California car laws, clip one. <laughs> California has long had stricter standards than the federal government on emissions. The new regulations passed Thursday are now the tightest in the world. <laughs> As KPX5's Andrea Nakano found out, though, the ambitious plan would leave the state with a multi-billion dollar budget pothole to fill. We are going to structurally defund our transportation system. Michael Quigley is the executive director of the Fix Our Roads Coalition. He feels a hard deadline of 2035 to go electric will be a tough one to meet. We support the transition to the green future. Uh, We believe that climate change is real and it needs to be addressed. Uh, However, we can't do it in ways that totally fundamentally disrupt our society. The Fix Our Roads Coalition is asking the governor and California Air Resources board to identify alternate sources of revenue, but nothing has been announced yet. Andrew Campbell, the executive director of the Energy Institute at UC Berkeley, says there is talk about implementing some sort of mileage tax. There are big challenges. The idea of a mileage-based tax would be very difficult to implement. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah. This is, this is always the big I stopped it there one. because yeah. he's full of shit, this guy. Oh, surprise. Uh, as you know, and I've discussed this before, that you have to take your car in yearly to a smog joint yep. to get some <laughs> smog to have joint. a check mark, mark done on the car. And at that time, they can look at the computer and eventually give you part. I think speeding tickets and other things they haven't implemented that. Right, but they because have to- they they check the the OBS port and they uh, they suck out the data and give it to law enforcement. They can easily do that, but they can also, but they also have to get your odometer reading. Mm-hmm. And so they know how exactly, and which is, and it's illegal to back your odometer up in this state. And it's not that easy. No. And the new odometers. 
uh, you just take the reading and send it to the state and then you get billed at the end of the year along with your state income tax for the mileage you went. Oh, so that's nonsense that you can't do this. It's convenient, isn't it? <laughs> I take care of it for you. They already have the spy system set up, well, maybe, ready to go. But maybe, guy, maybe, maybe what he means is it's not very popular. He didn't say that. No, but maybe that's what he means by it's difficult He's to do. Cal Berkeley, it seems unlikely that he'd think that way. Mm. He would think it's popular. I mean, you know, you almost got hit by a bicycle just the other now, day. Now, this would not count for electric vehicles? Uh, I think it would have to. And mm. I think that's what they're going to have to do because they're going to lose. If they, they go all electric, like they claim, they lose a ton of money at the gas pump. So, no, electric, this may actually be the lead-in to, to nick the electric vehicles uh, for their mileage. Ooh, get it done before everyone uh, switches. Good, smart idea. So let's play the rest of this clip. The government knows how much gasoline the gas stations are selling and can put a tax on that. The government doesn't know how many miles drivers are driving. While the support is there for electric cars, the governor's proposal is one that may see some tweaks. Newsom has already switched gears to allow some plug-in hybrid cars. Some worry if there isn't flexibility, the ban may have unintended consequences. But does the government want to spend more on roads? or spend more on some type of social service. So there's going to be some tough decisions that will need to be made across those priorities. Are we just going to replace uh, oil and gas extraction for strip mining for lithium and cobalt? Yeah. You know, it seems like this hasn't been fully thought through, and a lot of this is about grandstanding for the media. A lot of this is about what? What do you say at the end? A Grand- lot oh. of this is just grandstanding for the media. Yeah, no kidding. Well, that's your... Uh, Meanwhile, they're taking it very seriously, all this stuff. And so we have this. This is my last clip in the California election. This is the uh, Cal Carlos gas stations clip, which is like, oh, please. Well, since we're on this subject, Santa Rosa became the largest city in the country to ban the construction of new gas stations. The city council voted on Tuesday night to put the new rules in place, but they are not just banning new gas stations. Their rules also prohibit existing gas stations from adding more gas pumps. Santa Rosa now joins four other Sonoma County cities in banning new gas stations. The town of Windsor could add itself to the list next month. <laughs> oh, man. It, this is the Great Reset, John. It's, it's, so, I mean, it's, not, it doesn't, it's not like one hit on the button. It's, we're frogs, man. We're boiling. Yeah. Slow, slow boil. Now, now you look at France, where the price of electricity has now reached 1,075 euros per megawatt hour. Uh, two years ago, that was 45 euros per <laughs> megawatt hour. Dooms, doomsday scenario, uh, says uh, the British uh, Post. Uh, um, I'll just say press. 70% of British pubs may not survive winter as power costs skyrocket. Oh, no. It's skyrocketing, is it? Let's listen to this. Hello, very good morning to you. And we start with that breaking news as the energy regulator Ofgem announces the new price cap for fuel bills in England, Wales and Scotland. Now, mind you, they had 
raise the cap for businesses, which is what they now say will put 70% of the pubs out of business. This is for people, for, for people who are renting or homeowners, you know, just individuals. You got you got gas, you got electricity. Here's what you're probably, probably going to wind up paying. So from October, the energy price cap will increase to £3,549. Now, that's a huge rise from the current £1,971 per year. That's been in force since April. Yeah, that's exactly right, Anna. It's a hugely important morning, very significant, and I think very frightening for a lot of people up and down this country who have been knowing that this price cap is coming, this price cap rise has been coming, knowing that autumn is on its way, and feeling very worried indeed about how they're going to pay their bills uh, through the coming winter. So we know now just how much that cap is going to go up by. £3,549 a year will be the typical uh, price of an average person's bill. That is the cap that Ofgem say the maximum that they can charge. So that's... That's very expensive for people. That's, that's quite the increase, you know, several hundred pounds per month. Daily Express, big front front page headlines. Boris says, we, m- we must endure fuel bill pain to defeat Putin. <laughs> front page. Got to do it, people. Got to, you know, how long is this going to last? Meanwhile, as one of our producers predicted, do you remember what they predicted about Russian gas when they when they stopped shipping it to your, to to the EU? Our producer said Putin will will run out of storage space and he'll start flaring the gas and that's exactly what they're doing. They have they have so much gas that they're not shipping now they're flaring it. So just lighting it on fire. So part two, yeah. of, part two of the prediction was is, part two. If you two, want to keep up your production, you have to do that. Yeah, part two, yes, because otherwise you have to shut down and it's very, you know, it's expensive. It's and it, some may not come back online with the same capacity. So part two of this will be that Russia is going to mine Bitcoin. That's, yeah, that's, well. that's my prediction. Okay, well, that's a good prediction for you. I have some Ukraine news. You don't have to be saying, you could just say, oh, that's interesting for you. What am I supposed to say? Just say it in a different tone of voice, please. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank you. My Mickey Mouse voice. Mm -hmm. How about Ukraine BS update? Sounds like something we need to be on top of. To mark six months of the war in Ukraine, President Biden announced the largest single military aid package for Ukraine yet. Three billion dollars. For a look at how this could shape the conflict in the days ahead, we're joined by NPR national security correspondent Greg Myrie. Hi- I do want to remind you that we had this story on the last episode. Greg. Hi, Don. So what is the well, U.S. Hoping- ran yesterday? This one did, yeah. ...to achieve with this very large aid package. Well, it's significant for a number of reasons. Uh, the first is just the size. Uh, this war is consuming resources at a ferocious pace, and so this is $3 billion, mostly in weapons. The largest tranche previously was about a billion dollars. And while the U.S. has been rolling out this assistance every few weeks, the aim has really been Ukraine's immediate war needs, short-range missiles to stop Russian tanks or longer-range artillery to counter Russia's superior firepower. But in this package, the Pentagon really took a step back and said, what does Ukraine need to sustain itself on the battlefield in the months or even years ahead? Here's uh, Colin Call, a Pentagon official, explaining the thinking. 
Vladimir Putin seems to believe that Russia can win the long game, outlasting the Ukrainians and their will to fight, and the international community's will to continue to support Ukraine. This USAI package is a tangible demonstration that this is yet another Russian miscalculation. Okay, I understand this package contains a wide range of weapons, but did anything stand out to you in particular? Yeah, there was one. It's an anti-aircraft system called NASAMS, and it's intended to shoot down Russian warplanes that enter Ukrainian skies. Now, remember early in the war, Ukraine pleaded with NATO to create a no-fly zone, and NATO refused. Well, Ukraine has surprised everyone by making the most of its very limited air force. Ukraine has shot down so many Russian planes that the Russians have essentially stopped flying in Ukrainian airspace. Have you heard that? The last That's bit? a real purpose the of bit? the clip. Yeah, yeah, the purpose of the clip. You've heard that no. these great Ukrainian pilots no. are so damn good. I remember when this thing started, they had all the planes grounded. And there weren't any Ukrainian planes getting in the air in the, to begin with. But now we hear, according to NPR, that these Ukrainians have been shooting down so many Russian planes. That's another thing. I've always heard that the Russian planes never came into Ukraine. They were shooting their... Uh, long, they had these, you know, cruise missiles they'd shoot off of the jets and then they'd go in, you know, a couple hundred miles and blow something up. This, when did this happen? Well, I'm, I'm going to play the jingle associated with the title of that clip. <coughs> Bullshit. It's also, so I was very like, what are they making stuff up now? Well, and, I, well I'd like to know something. And why, where, 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 one more th- I'd like to know, where does the $3 billion come from? Is this an act of Congress? Is there money that the president has that he can just give that away? There's z- So far, I've found zero analysis of where this com- comes from. Just, Ukraine, oh, okay. So, You're not going to get any from me either, because no. I, I have no idea where it's coming from. I will say this, that if these Ukrainians are so good at shooting down Russian jets, what do you need this last mili- this system that they're bringing in for? What is that necessary? Well, it makes no sense. We, d- we know the reason why. Is because- yeah, I know. I, we can bring it up again if you want. Well, tell me why then. Surplus crap to get rid of these guys so we can refund all of these uh, all the big uh, military industrial complex companies that have all this stuff in storage that's never being no, used. No, it's, it's not in... Well, it may be in storage... But every single base or U.S. base around the world has been packing up their current gear to send to Ukraine. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, I, I don't know. Do well, we, are we effectively now uh, weaponless until this $3 billion is, is has produced new gear for us? That's what it sounds like, doesn't it? A little bit. Okay, part two of this clip. Now the U.S. is providing this very advanced system. It's actually the same one that's used to defend the White House and other key government buildings in Washington. Uh, the Ukrainians will need training on this, but it reflects this longer-term planning to strengthen Ukraine's military. But can these new weapons actually change the trajectory of the war? You know, Don, it's, it's impossible to say. It's been a very unpredictable war uh, so far. But for the past two months, since the end of June, the front lines really haven't budged much at all. And that said, there are a couple things worth noting. Ukraine is now effectively using an advanced artillery system that fires rockets very precisely for up to 50 miles. So Ukraine is striking far behind Russian lines. They're hitting 
bridges and ammunition depots and supply lines, things they just couldn't do before, and it's putting the Russians on their heels. And Ukraine wants to launch a, a big counteroffensive on the southern city of Kherson, which Russia captured early in the war. Uh, Ukraine wants to show that it can do more than just defend, that it can actually take back territory. The big U.S. package should seemingly reassure the Ukrainians, but doesn't it also further support that notion that this is just going to be a long war? Yeah, it really does. Uh, You know, we're now six months in and neither side appears capable of a real knockout blow. Hmm. (laughs) It's just like Afghanistan. Yeah, exactly. It's just like Afghanistan. And it was the same thing there. We, we The Russians were in there, and we kept just feeding the, you know, we're the ones that created the the, the, the rebels, the, the bin Laden types. Yeah. And kept giving them weapons. There's a whole movie made about this, as a matter of fact, starring Tom Hanks as the congressman that was somewhat behind the idea of throwing money at Afghanistan to keep the Russians. Uh, well, that's Mr. Up. Mr. Mr. Wilson's War, I think, is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, I think that was it, Mr. Wilson's War. Yeah, I still yeah. think that my my cousin worked for the real Wilson at some point. As a well, the guy, yeah, well, the guy was made <laughs> out to be a hero, and he's just a bad guy. Oh yeah, Charlie Wilson's War. There you go, Charlie, Charlie Wilson's, Wilson's War. War. That's what it was. Thank well, you. that's all rather distressing that it uh, that this bullcrap just it's just like and 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 as usual, news media just te- treats it like oh it's just all good. Well, yeah, what they do. All right, so your balls in your court. Uh, well, what do I have? Remember, I had technical technical challenges. Uh, well, then I got this, this clip that I carried over from last show, which is a call in. Guy bitching and moaning about one thing or another, and of course, it all turns into Trump. <laughs> okay. Let's go to Steve in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, Democratic caller. Hi, Steve. Your top news story of the week. Hey, hey thank you, Greg. Uh, I love talking to you. Listen, I grew up in the secret city. I live here now. My father worked at Oak Ridge Gas Institution Plant. My brother worked at Oak Ridge Gas Institution Plant. Oak, uh, it was dismantled. Now, in Oak Ridge, we have Oak Ridge National Lab and the Y-12 National Security Complex. Now, everybody that works there has got to have a top-secret clearance, from janitors to painters to plumbers to the world-class scientists. And that's not an easy deal to get. And just what I really want to say is my brother pees through a ostium because of the work he did out there. He lost his bladder, his prostate, his urethra. One-third of the people working in his division had the same thing happen to them. My father-in-law could not breathe. He had COPD from working out there. I have friends that worked out there that have cancer. And I will tell you, with top-secret information, they cannot get... even leave their office. I have one friend that accidentally threw a piece of top secret information in the garbage, and she went through hell. And luckily, they were able to get it back before it went to the barn center. So I think what I'm trying to say is there's been thousands of people who have worked in top secret, uh, mainly in nuclear weapons and other things, that have had serious uh, health 
issues. And if they'd ever even tried to take any of that information out of there, they'd still be in jail. So if you think that one person has a right to take top-secret information from <laughs> oh, the government, you, you just need to have a, a you know a come-to-Jesus meeting because uh, Donald Trump is through thousands and thousands of people under the bus. Thank you so much for letting me have my say, Greta. Okay. Oh, man. There, correction. There are millions of people with top secret clearance. Millions. Millions. Two million in D.C. alone, that whole area. It's, like, it's insane how many people have access to that. That's no, okay. All right, I do have two more clips. Well, I'll tell you this. He said Don, Donald Trump is throwing the thousands of people under the bus. Under the bus. That's right. I'm so sick of this story. It, it's such a distraction. <laughs> it's, the, it's the biggest. It's a distraction of the week, in fact. It overshadowed important news. Also breaking tonight, disgraced movie producer Harvey Weinstein has been granted an appeal in New York on his conviction for rape and sexual assault. Weinstein was found guilty more than two years ago and has argued that that his trial judge made mistakes. He's serving a 23-year prison sentence. He's going to get off. He's going to get out. I'm telling you right now. But didn't we have that as our thesis from the get-go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's time. Now it's time for him to get out. Um, you know, going back to your uh, Zuckerberg clip with Rogan, I'm telling you, he, he, impl- he said three or four times in that clip, we didn't do like Twitter. Twitter took a different path. You know, unlike Twitter, there's something against Twitter including the new whistleblower. Yay! Tonight, explosive allegations from a Twitter whistleblower. Inside this 84-page complaint obtained by CBS News, Peter Mudge Zadko says there are extreme, egregious deficiencies inside Twitter when it comes to user privacy, digital, and physical security. Zadko worked as Twitter's head of security for two years before he was fired this past January. What he found inside this company uh, was unlike anything he'd seen elsewhere. John Ty is Zatko's attorney. Does he still believe that Twitter users are still at risk? Absolutely. Uh, And that's why he reluctantly has decided to become a whistleblower. The complaint details multiple respects uh, at which the data and individual users are handled differently than than Twitter has said publicly. This latest blow comes as the website is engaged in a war with Elon Musk, who pulled out of buying Twitter over concerns about the number of spam bots on the site. There was no coordination. We've never communicated with Elon Musk or his team. Twitter said Zadko was fired for poor performance and said the complaint was riddled with inaccuracies. Yeah, this is it's interesting because Twitter's still at like $40 a share. I mean, this is enough to tank the company, but I, I guess that they people really believe that Elon Musk is going to have to pay up and pay, you know, the $54.20 a share. Can, can this, re, I, I don't see how that's going to happen ever. Well, your position has always been that this is bull crap. Yeah, and he's, he, he's out to destroy the company, which is doing it. Yeah. But he's not really, he's not destroying the stock price per se. Not doing a good job so far, but he's he's got time on his hands. You know, it's interesting. I, I was hateless. On his side. He's got time on his side. I was hate listening to Pivot with Kara Swisher. Now, uh, Professor Scott is on vacation. Probably, oh, no. Probably in Thailand. And, um, and so they what? asked. Mm. Yeah, I'm just I'm just implicating him um, for for no good reason. 
just for fun. Uh, so the they've had what? We know the reason. We've had so they've had different guest hosts on, one of which was uh, Monica Lewinsky. Uh, now I didn't clip any of this, but but I've been listening throughout the past, even when Scott was on. Um, this is how the conversation about Twitter goes. Well, he signed a contract. This is contract law. It says contract. The judge knows. Like contract, contract law is very strong. So he's he's just he's just, he has to suck it up. He's got to, to buy the company because it's contract law. You know, these just judge doesn't mess around with contracts. Okay, is is that similar to what you might have heard uh, around town? I haven't heard much around town, but I can imagine somebody thinking that way. When in fact, what you really hear in the valley is, you know, any contract can be broken. Yeah. But meanwhile, in the same show, they'll say, well, of course you should be able to get debt, uh, student debt forgiveness. Just because you signed a contract doesn't mean you should have to pay it. <laughs> these people, That's a good one, yeah. These people. And, uh, I have my student loan impact update clip. If oh, too yes. long. No, no, no. Well, you play what time? Yeah, we, yeah, got, we got, time got a little time. We got a little time. Yeah, we, got, we always got time. We got, it's a podcast. South Dakota's Woo! congressional delegation are condemning the Biden administration's student loan forgiveness. SDPB's Lee Strubinger has more. According to the U.S. Department of Education, South Dakotans have an average of $32,000 in federal student debt. John Thune is the second ranking Republican in the U.S. Senate. Hold he on a second. Stop the clip. De- stop. The clip has stopped. He says that South, this is South Dakota public radio. He says that South Dakotans have an average 32,000 something student said, debt. Yeah. Does he saying the entire state? That doesn't make any sense at all. Well, let's listen again. South Dakota's congressional delegation are condemning the Biden administration's Condemning. student loan forgiveness. This is NPR's local NPR. SDPB's Lee Strubinger has more. According to the U.S. Department of Education, South Dakotans have an average of $32,000 in federal student debt. John Thune is the second ranking Republican in the U.S. Senate. He calls the student debt relief unfair. Thune says he financed his college degrees himself. Well, I financed a lot of it myself. I got some scholarship help, but I paid for it with loans. I I worked hard every summer, saved money. I didn't come from a family that could help me. But I just, you know, a lot of it was scholarships and loans, like like a lot of students around the country. Thune attended Biola University in California on a basketball scholarship. He graduated in 1983. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, the average cost for tuition and fees in the United States for the year Thune graduated from Biola was $2,344. Biola now estimates its tuition cost per year is over 44000 That doesn't include housing, books, and meal plans. Republican Senator Mike Rounds says he has constitutionality concerns about the move by the Biden administration. He says he graduated undergrad with about $10,000 in student loans. I carried it forward, um, paid it off over a period of about eight years afterwards while I was back in the business community and with a growing family. And Jean at that time, she actually came through and had some student debt but not near as much as as I did. She was a better saver than I was. Yeah, we just paid it off over a period of about eight years. Rounds graduated from South Dakota State University in 1997. The national annual cost for tuition, room, and board that year was $2,400. SDSU estimates that cost is now over $17,000 a year. 
Republican Representative Dusty Johnson calls the move a slap in the face to those who did the right thing and paid off their student debt. I got an interesting note. I'm just seeing if I can find it here that one of our producers said, you've got it all wrong that this student debt cancellation will be, in fact, deflationary. And he had, and he had well, I mean, is there an explanation for this? Yeah, that's why I was looking for it. Um, it, it uh, yeah, I was during the whole clip. I was looking for it, and I'm sad I don't seem to be able to find it. But it would, it was something like, "Hey, you get rid of the asset, and then nothing happens. The asset is just gone." And I guess the way he, de- if I could find it, I'll read it. But the way he deconstructed it, it sounded like now the government has already paid the colleges all that money, so it's just the government that that uh, that needs to strike it off their balance sheet. Is is that it? Or do they actually take the money and, and then and then send it on no, later? I don't know how they're handling this on the books. But I mean, in general, just with these student loans, it, is the college paid in full up front? I, I guess that would be yes, right? No, no, the college is already paid. That's done. They're paid up. They're done. Yeah. yeah. Mm, interesting. Well, I'm going to have to find that. Uh, uh, I'm going to find that from him. Because I was like, wow, really? That that doesn't. You know, it's it's such a mind bender when you come to just phantom money and the way the government deals with money. It's not money. Just balance sheet shit. Ooh, show title. Yeah. Balance yeah. sheet shit. Read I'm going to show my support by donating to no agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on no agenda in the morning. We have a few people to thank for show uh, 1481. Yes, sir. Starting with uh, Alexander Van Abel in in Bronx, New York, 12132. Kenneth Halstad Jr. in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, 103.33. Randy Bradbury in Huntington Beach, California, 84. Joe Rapita in Melbourne, Melbourne, uh, 8008. He needs a dedouching. Oh, hold on a second. I wasn't at all prepared for that. Uh. You've been de-douched. You he also would like to get an F cancer for his dad. Okay. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I was just setting up the other stuff. It just takes a minute. You've got karma. Troy Peterson comes in with 8008, another boob donation from Battlefield, Missouri. Robert Umberger with another boobs donation from Langhorn, Pennsylvania. And uh, you got Kat- Caitlin is on the birthday list, Robert. Indeed. Sir Herb Lamb, Duke of the South, uh, Sugar Hill, Georgia, 8008. And to round things off is Janine Agler in Garfield Heights, Ohio, another 8008. After Adam butchered a name in episode 1414. Thanks for getting my name right, the last donation. Mm. Oh, wait a minute, there's one more. Sir Kevin McLaughlin, Duke of Luna, lover of America and boobs. Double boobs. Of course, Locust, North Carolina. (laughs) Thank you, sir. 8008. 8006 for in Valparaiso, Indiana is Joe Ornalia, Ornalus, Ornalus, I think. That's a lopsided? That's a lopsided boobs, yeah. of course. 
Joe Dirks, Amsterdam, Netherlands, Holland, uh, 7777. Gary Blatt, 7777. Oh, he's, he's promoting the... Um, uh, oh, no, he says, I couldn't be at the Dutch meetup Saturday, so the least he could do is donate, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Um, Joe. Yeah, everyone, Joe Dirks. Everyone yeah. should think that way. Uh, Gary Blatt, Wayne, Pennsylvania, 7777. John Fuller in Colorado Springs, Colorado, 7777. Uh, glad Adam spoke at the pod pod movie. Great stuff in your presentation. This is what he. Well, now you know. Thank you, Sir Vegas Ray, Knight of Naked City of the Naked City, which has lost wages. Nevada six nine six nine. Joshua Jones six nine six nine. Shannon Illinois. Matt Thurman six nine six nine in Newcastle, Colorado. He's got a birthday for someone. And a de-douching request. You've been de-douched. Actually, I see uh, Joshua also needs a de-douching. Since Joshua Jones. You've been de-douched. You're lucky you're getting these. That's not what we normally do them. No, we always do the de-douchings here. Well, when you, well, you, well, you skip over them. Oh, no, normally, no, we do skip over them a lot because we don't. I'm reading this side. You're supposed to look for the other side. Oh, stuff okay. I'm sorry. Else. It's my job. Got it. It is. Okay. Uh, sir, well, what, 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 what? Sir Kevin McLaughlin's back. Duke of Luna, lover of American boobs, 6006. He completes the boob hat trick in one show. He's got the boob. <laughs> no, it's he's two. The boob. Yes, two. He's the boob. Uh, two's two's two only, boobs, two uh, only two involved. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Warfield Jr. in Charlotte, North Carolina, 5510. Mickey Keck. Mickey Keck in Lost Wages, Nevada. Uh, and he's got a birthday call for his wife. wife. Dame of the Ocean. 5510. Scott Evers in Dallas, Texas, 5101. Uh, Brian Richardson in Aurora, Illinois, 5069. Oh, uh, yeah, he says, Hi, guys. I put in late for a meetup in Paris, Tennessee. Uh, for the Saturday before Labor Day, hoping I can get a mention due to the amount of producers we have in that area, which is the greater Nashville area. I know there's producers out the way. It would kill for a mention on Thursday's show. I think I missed Sunday's cutoff. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Jeez. The back office put you in red and got our attention. The system worked. Richard Gardner is 50. The following people are all 50. $50 donations, name and location. Uh, Richard Gardner says, Sonny Pang in the uh, UK. Uh, Dale Fitch in Henderson, North Carolina. Shauna Norberg in Seattle, Washington. Scott McCarty in Lodi, California. Uh, Chris, Chris Goodman in Leander, Texas. Sam Sealer in Sittingburn, Kent, UK. Josh, Josh Springer in Indianapolis. Shane Morrison in Clark, New Jersey. Benjamin Nager, Nager, N-A-G-E-R, Nager, maybe. Uh, Village of Lakewood, Illinois. Kevin. Manassas, Virginia. Jack Schofield, Schofield or Schofield in Yankeetown, Florida. Douglas Ellis in New York City. John Fitzpatrick in Heber Springs, Arkansas. Kelly Stiltz in Chesterfield, Missouri. Uh, Savannah Moore in Los, Ban- Los Banos, California. Boris uh, Scott Brinkley in Christianburg, Virginia. Greg Hartlob in Cincinnati, and he's got he's got his uh, yes, nighting. He, I guess yeah, I, I got this in the morning. Yes, he this. has nighting today, so we will read his note. The fifty dollars PayPal donation scheduled for eight twenty six will get me just overnighthood. My smoking hot wife of forty five years. Woohoo! 
45 years together or is she 45? Who knows? Smacked me in the mouth just over a year ago and I started listening to No Agenda. Thank you for your courage in providing the best podcast in the universe. As I continue to listen to all your podcasts, No Agenda, DH Unplugged, Mo Facts with Curry, and of course, Curry and the Keeper, I didn't realize how complacent I had become accepting news at face value. I knew better. I just got lazy. No Agenda is incredible, 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 and is keeping me sane in a sea of insanity. Blessings to you both. For the knighthood, unless it's already taken, I'd like to be Sir Gregory of the Continual Vacation. Please dedouche <laughs> You've been dedouched. And your yak karma is on the way for the roundtable mutton and meat, of course, and if it doesn't strain the budget, at a skyline four-way, beans, no onions, I'm not going to ask, and a wee dram of 16-year-old Lagavulin Lag, single malt. Slanja. Thank you for your courage. Many blessings to both you and Adam from Greg Hartlaub in Cincinnati, Ohio. He's referring to the Skyline Chili Folk ah, in Cincinnati. Is that what it is? Got it. Michael Elmore in Gastonia, North Carolina. Matthew Dixon in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Aaron Weisberger in right Weisgerber in Bend, Oregon. And last but not least on our list today, uh, in Beaverton, Oregon, we have Sir Alan Bean. Yes, and uh, thank you all Baron, so much. Actually. Thank these producers. It's highly appreciated. Uh, of course, again, thanks to the executive and associate executive producers who came in earlier. If you'd like to support the show, you can do it with your time, your talent, your treasure. The best way to learn is go to, well, we have a website. Sing along with the jingle. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Yeah, karma has requested. You've got karma. Another fine list today, Robert Umberger uh, says happy birthday to Caitlin, uh, who will be four on August 26th. Happy birthday. Matt Thurman uh, celebrating on the 28th. Uh, what are we today? The 28th. That's today. Sean O'Connor tomorrow. Mickey Keck, happy birthday to his awesome wife, Joyce, dame of the OTR. Her birthday's tomorrow. Of course, we had Dame Sarah saying happy birthday to her smoking hot husband, Rolando Gonzalez. He turns 44 today. Stephen Govero turns 33. And Sir Goat of the Hill will be celebrating his 49th birthday on September 13th. Happy birthday from everybody here at the best podcast in the universe. It's birthday, yeah. Let me see. Uh, no. Uh, wait. I'm missing somebody here. I am missing Tim. There it is. Special uh, birthday shout out to Tim who did the who maintains No Agenda website. And he will be turning 30 on the 31st. And I think he was at the big uh, Dutch meetup yesterday as well. So happy birthday, Tim. Thank you so much. You provide a lot of time and talent, and it's really appreciated. All right, let's grab some braids some braids and some blades. We got knights. I'm ready for your There's knight. There's a blade right There's here. There's a blade right there. Gun. Tim Essow, Greg Hartlove, Darren Christie, and Eric Curtis popping up here in the modium. All of you become knights of the No Agenda Roundtable today. And Tim actually is a black knight since he already achieved status, plus it was never knighted. So he becomes Sir Tanti. And I'm very proud to pronounce the KU that, Tim. Also, Sir Gregory of the Continual Vacation, Sir Dagwood, and Sir Goat of the Hill. For you, gents, hookers and blow, rent poison, Chardonnay. We got Gosling's Black Seal Rum, Skyline Four Way, Beans, No Onions, and a Weed Dram of 16 year old Lagavulin Single Malt. 
Along with that, you might want to mix it with some sparkling cider and escorts, ginger ale and gerbils, or just some mutton and mead as requested as well. Thank you for supporting the No Agenda Show in the amount of $1,000 or more that gets you the title, the uh, everlasting title of Night of the No Agenda Roundtable with the name of your choice. You get the uh, Signet Ring, which uh, will be sized to your finger if you go to noagendanation.com slash rings and let us know what size and where to send it. And, of course, your wax for sealing your important correspondence along with your certificate of authenticity. Thank you again for supporting the No Agenda Show. Some some, some call it the best podcast in the universe. No Agenda Uh, where we had no reports on the last show. We've got two reports and a promo. Dames and knights, producers and douchebags all, I call upon the commoners of the Virtue Signal list to provide their presence on Saturday, September the 3rd at the best pub on the Thames, Samuel Swift's The Angel, from 2pm British summertime. There's a little meet-up, so don't you put your feet up, especially when September the 3rd is so near at a pub called The Angel, where we sit in at a table with John and Adam's head so visible. Clear. Wow! All right, I'm blown away by that. That was that was pretty good. That's uh, Gwoof, GWFF. This man is multi-talented. Down the rabbit hole and back again. This is John in Las Vegas, and Captain Morgan has left the building. That's right. This is this is future Sir Gutex. My donation is coming in this week. ITM gentlemen, thank you for your courage and everything you do. And this is Tacos. We might be a small group, but we are mighty. <laughs> it's been a great meetup here in Vegas. We're a little late for DEFCON, but... Next week in Denver! Next week in Denver! Very excited bunch there. Tidewater, how's your slave meetup? This is Dane Wynn off the lakes at the first Tidewater meetup. I'm passing the phone. Hi, this is Joe Gwaltney uh, from Elberon, Virginia, reporting live from Elevation Brewing, where the beer is cold and the coof is low. Stay safe. It's Gary, um, Dame Wen of the Lakes, lesser half. I'm John. I was invited here. I don't know who these people are. They say y'all can help me. <laughs> Hello, John and Adam. In the morning to you. This is uh, Sir Sean of Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. We're doing it live at the, uh, what is it, Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia. This is Future Night, Dr. No, visiting from FEMA region number six, Norfolk. And I prefer to hit people in the mouth rather than pay my own way. This is Sheep from Hampton, Virginia. It puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. And Chris is the spook. In the morning! And meetups happening today. The new Detroit meetup uh, is in San Francisco. Interestingly enough. 2.30 Pacific Anchor Steam Public Taps. Um, Crossroads of America, No Agenda Tribal Gathering, 3 o'clock uh, in Indiana. So that's probably underway as we speak. We have the 719 Local, 719, 6 o'clock Mountain and Colorado Springs. You can make that for sure. And just before my birthday, on the 2nd uh, Friday, Columbus Central Ohio Meetup, 6.30 at uh, Lucky's Grill and Sports Bar in Hilliard, Ohio. Go check them out, the No Agenda Meetups. They are a phenomenon, completely producer-organized. Go to noagendameetups.com. If you can't find anything near you, start one yourself. Guaranteed a party. Sometimes you want to go hang out with all the nights and days. You want to be 
the same. It's like a party. Man, I'm really hoping you have something else besides that stupid air horn as your ISO. Because that's all I had, too. <laughs> that was going to be my <laughs> be my ISO. Oh. Yeah. Well, so, I have it, too. So it's something oh, we both agree oh, on. Two. Oh, okay. Let's see. What is this? We have done no, the I work. I have a second one, and here uh, it goes. Uh, it's very muffled. We have done the work. I'm not blown away. I'm not blown away by it. I think we we, we got to use the okay. air horn. Well, let's use the horn. The horn. Let's use the horn. One time for the one time. <laughs> you got to say that, otherwise, it doesn't count. <laughs> uh, all right. Let me see. Do we? Oh, I did have one last clip. I think is important to play. It, it may be a little. I maybe a little difficult to understand. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to tell you what it is so you'll be able to hear it. There was a protest in London, an LGBTQ plus protest. And there was a rift. As the lesbians came up the street, uh, they were uh, the, 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 the TQs and the BTQs went to the cops and said, we don't want that. They're, they're triggering us. We don't want them. They're hate mongers. So the lesbians are on the street going, like, wait a minute, there's a, an LGBTQ protest and we're not allowed to join that protest. And the cops like, no. And in fact, we're going to tell you to get off the road. As predicted, after the removal of the G's, the gays and the LGBTQ with the monkeypox, here are the L's. We are marching in a march at the moment. No, I just want to make sure. Yeah, you know now. Let me just explain to you and it'll give you some understanding. That's the cops. So at the moment, your march, this group of people, is causing confrontation between different groups. Now you can't hear anything. No, your setup was good, though. We get the picture. Yeah, well, and it's it's unbelievable. And then the 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 BTQs they're yelling at the at the L's, like triggered <laughs> yelling, like freaking out yelling. Uh, I'll put the video in the show notes. It's really too bad because yes, when, when you hear the cop talking, he's like, "No, I'm going to explain it to you. You're going to leave now. You're going to off the street because you are interfering with their." But we're lesbians, and the cops like, "That's fine." It's all good and fine, but you're getting off the street now. There it is. BTQ. Well, they're very slowly going to change it to, they're going to take, try to drop that whole LBGTQ, blah, 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 to queer, queer nation. It's all Q's. It's all Q. Well, they can't use Q, obviously. No, you can say queer. Queer nation. You can say queer, yeah, but for obvious obvious reasons, it's not going to fly. Well, I'm good to go. That's all you got? You don't have a, a single final clip for us? Something I have a, I have a little abortion clip, which is kind of interesting. It's abortion law weirdness. It you might know, be good. It's only 36 <laughs> seconds. It's, it's fun the way you, I just have a little abortion clip. Let's throw out the little abortion clip. The Justice Department is challenging parts of Idaho's abortion ban, saying it violates federal law. Tennessee's ban is nearly identical language as... Paige Flager from member station WPLN reports. Idaho and Tennessee's laws give abortion providers a chance to prove that the procedure was necessary to save the life of the pregnant person. (laughs) But only after criminal charges are brought. That's different than an exception. The DOJ says that aspect of Idaho's ban violates a federal law requiring hospitals to provide life-saving care. A judge agreed. (laughs) 
Pregnant person. Pregnant person, everybody. We're lost. Lost. It's over. We're lost. I don't, I don't even know what to say anymore. Other than uh, I'm looking forward to uh, our next show. It'll be Thursday. So that'll be the first. Yes. New month. New show. Perfect. Remember to get your gifts ready for my birthday on Saturday. I'm expecting a lot of love this year. John. How old are you now? I will be 58 years young. Wow. <laughs> uh, coming up, we have end of show mixes from Dee's Laughs. Neil Jones, our very own clip, uh, clip custodian, and Tom Starkweather. Uh, next on the No Agenda live stream, I think we have... It's another one of those Battle of the Douchebags, I believe. Something cool like that. Yes, Boobery, Lavish, Sir Seat Sitter, and Sir Ducifer. Ah! From InfoWars. Cool. That'll be the Battle of the Douchebags. Coming to you from the heart of the Texas Hill Country, FEMA region number six. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, which is FEMA region number nine, for your information... I'm John C. Dvorak. We return on Thursday here on your No Agenda. Remember us at Dvorak.org slash NA. Until then, adios mofos and such. My children, it's Oops. a Sunday morning service. <laughs> Didn't mean that. It's No Agenda. We're going to get some Adam Curry. We're going to get a little John, John. C. Dvorak. Lord, help us The return of these last comedy bar at 8 p.m. the first of the month, September 22, my friend. Come on through, click the ticket link in the bio is what I'm urging you to do. Shout out to my uncle Sayo with the price of admission. Giveaways from Spirit Leaf, a little Italy and burning sauce. Don't be missing what's in the news today. I'm on the subway and I'm writing on the TTC. Yeah, you know me, back girl. Now she humps a mess from the trailer. Look like Shrek did his best to squeeze into a dress. Young Thugging gunner, we're indicted. You surprised with those names? A Rico charge is coming now to find out who's to blame. Trans in sports, football's gay. They got commercials with slogans like trans kids want to play. Because they've been demonizing Christ since the beginning. Like Donald said, you might get tired of all the winning. Roe v. Wade was overturned. I said your Roe v. Wade was overturned. Thank God for more black children being born. How is that? You'll be in scorn. Rather give a kid a Wi-Fi pass and sell it with access to porn. I mean killing our kids with too much. Let them live. These boys can toss a ball, but these men can toss a frisbee. But we do see some in some people who get Paxlovid. We even see this in people who have not gotten it, that they get better and then they get a rebound. President Biden ended his isolation this morning after a second negative COVID test. As he left the White House for Delaware, the president told reporters he felt good. He experienced a rebound infection last week after completing a five-day course of the anti-COVID drug Paxlovid. We even see this. First Lady Jill Biden tested positive again for COVID in an apparent rebound case. She had taken Paxlovid when she first tested positive last week. And quite honestly, uh, a rebound uh, after Paxlovid happened to me. It happened to Tony Fauci, Dr. Fauci. You do hear about these uh, rebounds, these Paxlovid rebounds from time to time. Rebound, 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 rebound.
prices are up. You know, if you've gone out to a restaurant recently or maybe even a bar, you may have noticed that some menu items are more expensive. With Russia as a top fertilizer exporter, prices have shot record highs for the last month. You don't need us to tell you that trips to the grocery store are getting pricier. Well, we're not expecting a food shortage here at home. So basically, this food crisis is already in, in process, in progress. It's a slow motion um, disaster that is already uh, underway. Food insecurity goes hand in hand with inflation. Um, we have a new pandemic, which is inflation. Food already having risen in cost, the upcoming crop season will be vital for determining future prices of a range of different products, all the way from gasoline to ground beef. It's simply not available. Fertilizer is simply not available. With regard to food shortage, yes, we did. We, we, we so talk about food shortages. And, uh, and it's going to be real. The price of these sanctions is not just imposed upon Russia. It's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well. The best podcast in the universe. Mopo. Dvorak.org slash N-A.